This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. Happy Monday, January 23rd, 2023. What a weekend in the NFL. We have got all of your NFL playoff talk. We are at the NFL Conference Championship Games already. A week from now, we'll be on the verge of being February. Will the Jazz have made a trade? The Utah Jazz have the hottest player on the NBA trade market. And why are the Utah Jazz struggling to trade Jordan Clarkson? We'll tell you all about that. By the way, Jazz and Hornets tonight. The Jazz are a massive, massive favorite against the Hornets tonight. And later we got to talk about the highest rated TV show ever because I'm shocked by it. IMDb put out a list of the 250 most highest rated, most highest rated, that's not proper English. Yeah. Uh, They put out a list of the top rated television shows ever. Now, Sopranos obviously is on the list. Obviously. But the number one is going to shock you. So we'll talk about that. The Montu Show, as always, is presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Without a doubt, The Advocates. Make sure you you go to The Advocates when you get in a car accident. And if somebody's distracted driving, we saw a guy yesterday uh, videotaping with his phone while he was driving. When that guy inevitably hits you, make sure that you get to the advocates, theadvocates.com. They never charge you a retainer. They never charge you a consultation fee. In fact, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Make sure that you get to the advocates.com. Click on the chat with an attorney button live 24 7, seven days a week, no cost. Chat with an attorney online at theadvocates.com. What a weekend in the NFL it was. Uh, I thought some shocking results, absolutely shocking results uh, from the Dallas Cowboys specifically yesterday. And I guess we shouldn't have been surprised. We talked about this Friday on the show as we got you ready for it. I think everybody was in favor or leaning towards the San Francisco 49ers winning that game. Tony Pollard, as we now know, breaks his leg and the Dallas Cowboys lost because Dak is just not good enough. Jake, are you surprised at the outcome of that game? No, I mean, I think that what was really interesting is that, you know, Dak, you know, seemingly played all right early and then, you know, a turnover happened, the Pollard thing happened, like it just kind of went downhill for him. So, you know, for me, I mean, it, it wasn't super surprising. The only thing that was really surprising out of that game is that it was pretty low scoring. Um, you know, I, I think most people, including myself, felt like the Cowboys were going to do a little bit more than they did. You know, I felt like 20 points wouldn't be too difficult, uh, you know, for the Cowboys. Feels like they're a 20-point team at least, or I guess in the NFL, 21-point team getting off the bus, as they say, but that didn't really work out for them. So to me, I mean, that that game was was all about the fact that the 49ers have an elite defense to me. I mean, you, you get the turnovers, you're getting pass breakups on Lamb regularly. Like the Cowboys just weren't able to make the big play to to break the game open for themselves and kind of capture that momentum as the road team. And then obviously the last play of the game, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that whole thing. I mean, you know, Zeke getting run over, that was just kind of an embarrassing way to end the season if you were the Cowboys. So for me, it the only surprising thing was that it was super low scoring. I don't think anyone real, really saw that coming. 
Yeah, I, I I think it was one of two things. It was either going to be low scoring or it was going to be a shootout. And I, I think the Dallas defense, as much as we've talked about Dak Prescott and that offense, I actually think the Dallas defense has been elite all year. I mean, they're one of the better units in the NFL, so I'm not at all surprised at the score because I think we all knew the 49ers were going to come out. I'm a little surprised, though, as we talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I, I'm a little surprised that Jerry Jones, after the game, was so composed and he was so willing to support Mike McCarthy going forward. I was a little surprised by that. I thought for sure we'd be looking at a conversation this morning about, you know, hey, when are they going to call Sean Payton? When he's going to interview for the job? Like, because I think that's what, if we're being honest, I think that's what Dak Prescott needs. And this organization right now has to really look at Dak Prescott and make a decision on whether or not Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the future that can lead them because I'm one of the few Dak supporters. And I know that there are very few of us. I don't think that Dak is the issue. I actually think Mike McCarthy is the issue. Whether it is all the time he burned off the clock before that punt with 225 to go in the game, whether it is whatever that that formation that had Ezekiel Elliott playing center to end the game, which he got trucked, that was a complete disaster. Whatever all of that decision-making was, I think there are play-calling issues there. I think Sean Payton is the exact right guy to cure the ails of Dak Prescott. But does Jerry Jones have the cojones to go and get, I think, the best available coach probably in the last five years? I would say he does not. And it is, I, I think the right thing to do is to publicly come out and support Mike McCarthy. I think that's the right thing. You won a playoff game. You got back to the, the divisional round. But Dak Prescott, in my opinion, is a huge problem. And I just don't know that that he's the guy to lead this franchise forward. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the what everyone's saying is, oh, well, Dak, how could you have gotten beat by a guy who's got eight career games under his belt or whatever it is now for Brock? Like, how could you lose to someone who is super inexperienced and has never been here before, never done this before? And, you know, I think when I look at this, I, I, I don't know that Brock Purdy had some special performance. I think he had a really good game. It definitely could have gone a lot worse. But I think the Dallas Cowboys are an inconsistent team. You know, that's that's what's kind of plagued them the whole year. But he didn't lose to Brock Purdy. I, I, see, I don't understand this. I think this is one of the most short-sighted takes ever. He didn't lose to Brock Purdy. He lost to the best defense in the NFL. That's who Dak Prescott lost to. He was moving the entire day. I think that the two interceptions he threw, the one that he was trying to get to Gallup on the edge was unforgivable. It was a terrible, terrible throw. Um, the one in the red zone, I mean, I, I think he was trying to make a, a play to C.D. Lamb. Again, it was a bad throw. But I, I just think that Dallas defense is really good, but the 49er defense is better. And I think, the, frankly, the offense is going to go as Dak goes. He needs to make better decisions. They need to have a better plan. And it just looks to me like Dak Prescott is preparing. I just don't know that he's preparing the right way because he had no idea what those coverages were going to look like. Now, also, D'Amico Ryans, I think, is one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL, and he should absolutely be getting looks as a head coach. But the new schemes that they ran out, the disguises they ran out, that was elite stuff. I don't know how you explain all of the interceptions. I think that that's, what, 17 or 18 interceptions for Dak now on the season, if you can include the regular season and the playoffs. He just isn't well enough prepared he isn't well enough ready to compete against a defense at the level that the 49ers bring now is that Mike McCarthy or is that Dak Prescott 
I think it's Mike McCarthy. If I could get Sean Payton, I'd fire Mike McCarthy today. I think that's the right thing to do. You need somebody that can make or break Dak Prescott. And Mike McCarthy so far has not been that guy, right? I, I, I don't know that Mike McCarthy is that guy. Is he the reason that they won the Super Bowl in Green Bay? I don't know. Him and Aaron Rodgers at the end kind of fell off. Now, Aaron hasn't exactly been a spectacular QB, although he's won MVPs since McCarthy left. But is that because McCarthy left and now Lafleur's there and he's all of a sudden a better quarterback? Could be. Is Dak a guy that's got more development and a higher ceiling? I have no doubt about that. I think Dak Prescott can be an exponentially better quarterback than he is now. But Mike McCarthy doesn't feel like the guy to get him there. And that's why I'd be looking at Sean Payton. Yeah, I mean, I think if you can get Sean Payton, there's no doubt. I mean, and that goes for for any team, but especially the Cowboys, especially with their situation with Dak. I mean, you know, Dak is someone who has, you know, expectations placed on him. Very high ones at that, obviously. And I think that, you know, Sean Payton is someone who has a proven track record of taking quarterbacks, um, even when it wasn't Drew Brees, and making them better. I, I look at, you know, Jameis Winston's time with Sean Payton. And while Jameis was never some special, you know, amazing quarterback in the league, I think it's pretty obvious that when he played under Sean Payton, he got better. You know, when Jameis Winston played under, uh, what was it, Bruce Arians, I think, uh, in Tampa, you know, he wasn't he wasn't good. He turned it over regularly, just like he always had. So to me, I mean, yeah, I think if you can go and get Sean Payton, you have to do that. You're you're. I almost feel like as an owner and as a GM, you're obligated to do that. No, no disrespect to Mike McCarthy, but I think Sean Payton just a more talented, more capable head coach. I in. Frankly, I think because Sean Payton is more of an offensive guru than a defensive guru, it's a perfect fit for you. Your defense is fine, right? Your defense is not some big issue right now, but your offense is the problem, right? We've talked all about how, you know, what are they doing with Zeke? Now Pollard's got this fractured leg. Like, you've got to figure out what you're what you're going to do on offense to come back next season and be prolific and I think if you could get Sean Payton that would obviously be a huge step in the right direction well I have no doubt that in my mind whatsoever that what you're going to do is you're going to cut Ezekiel Elliott I mean his biggest money is still ahead of him um his dead cap number uh after this season is about eight million bucks I'm taking that hit and, I, and I'm happy to take that hit because I'm not going to pay him 15 and 16 million dollars a year I'm not doing that and his number next year is almost $11 million. He's not that kind of running back. And I don't think he ever was, frankly. I, I would move on from Ezekiel Elliott because I, frankly, if and you can say I'm being hot take guy, but I look at the list of the, the, the names that are going to be free agents, unrestricted free agents. Yeah. Dalton Schultz is more valuable to the Cowboys than Ezekiel Elliott is. Uh, I look at Tony Pollard. That's a terrible break timing-wise for him. Um, and if you didn't see it, that injury to Tony Pollard, Pollard is a broken lower leg. Uh, it was not a dislocation. It was not a sprain. It was a broken lower leg. So he's going to be out at least three months now, they say. Um, you know, I look at him, Leighton Vander Esch. I think I probably move on from Leighton Vander Esch. I do. I think I, I move on from him. I'm probably trying to bring Anthony Barr back. I'm probably trying to bring um, Jonathan Hankins back. The other guys, I, I mean, guys like T.Y. Hilton, Noah Brown, Dante Fowler, I think you got to let them go because this is the bed that you made for yourself, right? Dalton Schultz, again, is far more valuable to the Dallas Cowboys than mm -hmm. Ezekiel Elliott is. Thanks. And it, I think if Jerry Jones wants to make real changes, I think you have to you have to make changes there. Oh, by the way, Brock Purdy did win another football game, and I thought Brock Purdy represented himself pretty well again. 
And what's really interesting is you're going to Philadelphia, and I think I think the 49ers are significantly better than the Philadelphia Eagles. I think when you look at how um, Jalen Hurts, you know, at, look, I know he's not 100%, and we'll talk about Nick Sirianni at Football at 50 comparing him to Michael Jordan, which is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, which is, again, why I'm not a Nick Sirianni guy. But I think the Philadelphia Eagles are good. I think the 49ers are great. And when you look at the numbers on, on the, uh, the NFC Championship game, the Niners are actually a two-and-a-half-point dog going to Philadelphia, uh-huh. which I'm really surprised about. Now, having said that, Brock Purdy's going to have to go on the road in a playoff game. He's going to have to win. And I think that's going to be very difficult for him to do. But I think that defense covers up a lot of his... I don't know what shortcomings as a rookie. Right. I think I think that defense covers up a lot of those. I I actually think the 49ers will win the game outright. I don't know. And I understand look the boys in Vegas are trying to get money on on football games. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you how you bet the Eagles in this game in good consciousness. Yeah, I mean I, I don't think you can and I, and I think that's kind of the brilliance of of uh, what Shanahan uh has going on there. Uh, in San Francisco, you know, you look at this offense and it's no secret that, you know, Brock Purdy doesn't have to do rocket science to figure out where to throw the football. And I think, you know, when you have a young guy like that, it's a really smart thing to do to make it a little bit easier for him. I'm not, I'm not saying make it so basic that it's easy to play defense against, but clearly they've found a system where he can rely on that and get into it early and often. And I think when when I look at guys going on the road and trying to win a playoff game, especially for a young guy, all I want to do is get him in rhythm early. I want to get high percentage looks early. I want to get those first couple of throws completed early. Yeah. So to me, you know, I, I, I think, you know, doing that and having that kind of system really helps. And I think when Christian McCaffrey is doing what Christian McCaffrey does, you're you're put in a great place from an offensive perspective. I, I felt like, you know, Ayuk, you know, obviously is your big play guy and 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 has that type of ability, but I really feel like when you get McCaffrey going early and you force the opposition's linebackers to have to respect what CMC can do out of the backfield or obviously out in the flat. When you when you create that dynamic, those linebackers are going to inch forward a little bit more. They're going to instinctually play a little bit closer to the line. They're going to be like, okay, we got to watch out for him in the flat, and that's going to open up Ayuk deep. So to me, and by the way, we haven't even gotten Debo yet after that, which is I know what we always say, but it, that's why they're so lethal offensively because they have options. Brock is clearly good enough to facilitate this offense, and I really feel like against the Eagles, he's going to have to make plays on the run. Like, I know he runs around a lot, and, and that's one of the best parts of his games, but they're going, like, he's going to have to make those plays. The 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 Patrick Mahomes-esque play where you're running around, you should be sacked, but then you find your guy seven yards down the field heading to the sideline. You know, like, you're going to have to have those plays against the Eagles to have success. And and I really feel like this, this minus two and a half, minus two and a half for the Eagles, that's a really interesting line because you, you, you know that the home team usually gets three points right out of the gate. So yes, the Eagles are the home team and yes, they are the favorite, but I kind of feel like Vegas is saying they expect the Niners to, to come out and, and do some damage here because it's only two and a half. It's not even three. So We'll be, I'll be interested to see how that line shifts as the week goes on. Well, and I also think one of the interesting stories that that you have to look at this weekend in the NFL playoffs is Josh Allen because this was a shockingly mediocre performance out of the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen 
And again, I find myself saying that Josh Allen just didn't have it when they needed it most. And it's that it factor that you can't define in words that you can't get out of a dictionary. Josh Allen didn't have it. And Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. did in fact have it. And now I think there's a lot of merit in the discussion of is Josh Allen the guy to carry the Buffalo Bills? Because all year long, all we heard about was Josh Allen's the guy. He's ready to break out. He's going to be the next star. And yet Joe Burrow beat him again. And the Cincinnati Bengals look like the best team in the AFC. Oh, by the way, did you see how bad that ankle is for Patty Ice? Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes limping badly uh, in the Chiefs victory, even though it looked like uh, Chad Henning came in and played Superman uh, and did a great job filling in for him. But now I don't know how you you look at the Cincinnati Bengals as anything other than a heavy favorite to go into Arrowhead and win that game because when you have a high ankle sprain like that, I just don't see how Patrick Mahomes can even be any shadow of himself if he is limited in mobility. Yeah, and I just don't like I look at Patty and, and I say, okay, it's one thing if he can't run around, it's another thing if he can't even push off that back foot because he's somebody that we know throws some awkward arm angles and does all this trickery and that's in his game. But you at a minimum have to be able to plant that right foot and drive the football down the field. And when you can't even do that, I I, I don't like with all due respect to Chad Henney, you know, he did do good work. He did come in and, and fill that gap really well. He did his job, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. There's obviously a big fall off there. And when I look at the Bengals, you know, this Bengal defense, another defense, much like the 49ers where you're disguising where that pressure is coming from. You make it look like it's coming from the right and it's coming from the left. Like, yeah. like they they played really well. So to me, I I agree. Like the Bengals should be a heavy favorite coming into this game, but we'll we'll see how that pans out. All right, let's get your thoughts on the uh, NFL playoffs. First one in this morning, Boyd Lake says Warner running with a wide receiver was eye opening. It actually wasn't, and this is this is one of those plays that I think is so overrated. The ball was woefully underthrown. He's not running with CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb can't run at top speed because the ball is so terribly underthrown. So Fred Warner, hey, it's cool that Fred Warner's fast. He's one of the best linebackers in football. But can we stop saying that Fred Warner's as fast as CeeDee Lamb? Because he's not. And li listen, that 49er defense is great. That play is a product of, of Dak Prescott underthrowing that ball down the middle. If you didn't see it, Fred Warner, they were in zone. Fred Warner dropped out of blitz and wound up running down the seam with CeeDee Lamb. But you can see that CeeDee Lamb is trotting almost because the ball is so short. And he's trying to get underneath of, of Fred Warner so he's not running fast. He's trying to get kind of, it, it was weird, he was trying to get behind him to dive for a football I understand why BYU Nation wants to like gush all over Fred Warner and he's amazing and I get it. He's the guy that you're hanging on to now. And I saw the graphics that has said he's the best NFL player to ever come out of BYU. That might be true. He's not running with CeeDee Lamb. Let, let's stop overstating the obvious on that play. Yeah. That Dak Prescott massively underthrew that football. Massively underthrew that ball. Uh, Kurt Myers, what's up? How are you? Carson... Child, nice to meet you, Carson. He says, love listening to the content every morning. Appreciate you. Um, Wahalo said, I don't believe that anyone in the jazz is truly untouchable. We'll talk jazz basketball coming up here in 10 minutes. 
Uh, and they absolutely should have guys that are untouchable, and they do. Uh, Matt Ritson says, not good news on the Pac-12, firing two high-ranked officials while they didn't report overpayment from TV partners, which is never good. What's up, Ken Williams, who's a member of the program? Good to see you talking with Raphael, also a, also a member of the show. By the way, if you want to uh, join the uh, show, uh, you can do that for $9.99. You get exclusive access to... Uh, videos every day. You also get into our Instagram chat for members only. Oh, by the way, you would already know uh, why the Jazz are having trouble trading Jordan Clarkson. Uh, we put an exclusive members only uh, news bite in the uh, Instagram chat last night uh, that we'll tell you about coming up here in 10 minutes. But if you were a member, you'd already know. Just click that join link. It's $9.99 a month uh, for the best sports content in Utah. Justin Salas, also a member. What's up? Troy Cushing, you too. Uh, appreciate you being here. Joshua the Bala. What's up, Joshua? Good to see what you. What up? Uh, G-Off says, morning guys, go Niners. Yeah, you're a big Niner fan. Uh, Jeff is also in the chat. During the games yesterday, we had a great chat on Instagram with all of our members. Kanai Johnson, hello. Uh, Esoteric Ivy. Aloha from Honolulu, Monty and Jake. Aloha. Aloha. Good to see you. San Diego State, Glenn, what's up? Tim Bruckmiller, how are you? Mr. Preston says, good morning. Happy Monday. Jeff Johnson says, dude, Dak threw some really bad passes in this game. He certainly did. Yeah. He certainly did. And that one that Fred Warner is the perfect example. This is why I feel like he needs development. Bad foot mechanics. Your feet and your arm are doing two different things. Like... He's got a cannon for an arm, and yet he throws a mediocre deep ball because he's not getting development. He's not getting positional coaching. He needs a guy like Sean Payton, who is a quarterback guru that I think could really make a difference. If you're the if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you're certainly going to cut Ezekiel Elliott, but you are not cutting Dak Prescott. No. Because he should be far better than he is. It is a decision-making, read, execute issue. And to me, that's coaching. That every good top performer, hey, including myself, needs a coach to say, hey, you're doing this, but you need to be doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's, it's very clear to me that Dak Prescott is not getting that. And again, I'll die on this hill. Dak is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He needs tutelage. He needs coaching. The numbers, you don't put up the numbers that he's put up and be a crappy quarterback. Yeah, You don't put up the numbers that he's put up and throw the interceptions that he has thrown. And I think a lot of it is the the offense. The offense is just so inconsistent. And I'm telling you, this Tony Pollard thing comes at a terrible time. Because mm-hmm. I just don't know what you do with that if you're the Cowboys. How do you resign a guy? But then again, don't you get a discount if you're the Dallas Cowboys because now he's got a broken leg. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking at Pollard, that's the that's obviously someone you want back. I mean, the guy the guy has shown his value, but I agree. I mean, now he's got a broken leg. Now he's gonna have to rehab, you know. And and I don't like. I feel like with ACLs or ligaments and that whole sect of injury, we just take it for granted that guys are gonna come back and be good because modern medicine, great. Broken legs are different, man. When you look at and and again, broken isn't the proper term. He has a fractured leg, so that could mean you know myriad of things depending on severity. And it's it's said that he's going to be out three three months. Okay, great, you're out three months. But then, what does that recovery look like? Where's your explosiveness when you do come back? So they're just going to have to see like what 
you know what what this guy's like but i but i tend to agree i do think that comes with a bit of a discount and i do think the opportunity to pay a guy on a discount and get you know really good performance that that's the kind of guy tony pollard is he could give you something great if he comes back and has good rehab and trusts that leg again and by the way i'd also be really careful about brock purdy because it's not like brock's putting up huge numbers i would agree um that he just didn't make the mistakes uh that that dak made that to me that that's what makes a difference um there you go exactly mike maples dallas he was great but brock didn't make the killer mistakes Micah Parsons is a stud. Mm -hmm. I'm not even a Dallas Cowboy fan, um, but I just feel like I'm the only one defending them today. Not that I'm defend. Well, see, what I meant to say was, you know, uh, um, I, I love Micah Parsons. The guy's an absolute stud. I, I, yeah. I just think, yeah, he is. I think he could. I think he could be. I mean, Bosa is probably the defensive player of the year, but Micah Parsons asked me in the conversation. 100%. Uh, Jeff says, I'm not sure Purdy can handle Philly on the road, but I think I'm all in on developing him going forward. Yeah, how could you not be? Right? I think Trey Lance is one of the great draft mistakes in the last decade. Mm -hmm. When he was healthy, he didn't look good. And you tripped and fell into Brock Purdy. And, and it's very Tom Brady-esque, if we're being honest. You had no intention of playing Brock Purdy, just like you had no intention of playing TB12. Yeah. But then Tommy got in there and immediately took the reins and hasn't Brock Purdy done the same thing? <laughs> and there is no better place to to define a guy's toughness than the NFL playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that 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 to me is... Well, and that experience so early on in his career is invaluable. I mean, you just can't yep. replace it. Totally, totally true. Totally true. Uh, Jeff also says that Josh Allen threw almost as many picks as Dak this season. It's crazy. I... Listen, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm really worried about Josh Allen because he's got Diggs and Davis and he, he's got a really solid tight end. They have a decent offensive line. They have a, a, a defense that I think is probably a little overrated, obviously injury riddled, but you have one of the best linebackers in football in Milano. Like you have yeah. everything in place and you're just not good enough. Now there's a couple of things in play here. I think that when you look at T Higgins in that receiving core in Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, you know, like, is there any doubt they're underrated? Is there any doubt that because it's Cincinnati and because you don't know the name T. Higgins, or mm -hmm. they're vastly underrated? There's no doubt about that. But it's also no doubt anymore that Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Better send those refunds. You know, like, uh, seriously. And we, we should stop assuming that Josh Allen is fantastic because he jumps over dudes. Because, again, how many times are we going to have this conversation? Can you stand in the pocket and deliver the football? Well, Josh Allen had trouble doing that yesterday. Can you, can you win the game when the season's on the line? Josh Allen didn't do that yesterday. Joe Burrow stood in the pocket and delivered the football. Joe Burrow won the game when the season was on the line. I mean, there's just not a lot to talk about here. And I think it's high time we start talking about Jamar Chase and T. Higgins as the best receiving duo in the NFL. And if they're not the best, they're close. They're close. Yeah. Because those two are both equally unguardable, in my opinion. And Chase is on some other level. I think the catch we saw over the weekend, absolutely. T. Higgins deserves respect. And I don't know that he'll get it, but I'm telling you, it's time to stop making excuses for Josh Allen. The Bills Mafia and jumping off RVs through tables. Hey, all that's cool. Yeah. But you're not winning football games with that guy carrying the entire football team. Yeah, and it's cool that you can light it up in the regular season. And I'm, and again, I'm a Josh Allen guy, right? I, I, I've said most of the season that I think 
he's the best quarterback in the league. But when it comes time to perform, you didn't do it. And and I think we need to also stop, you know, you know, kind of buying into this story about how the Bengals are underdogs anymore. They shouldn't be underdogs yeah. anymore. They deserve more respect than that. And I think Joe Burrow is 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 right there in the conversation. And 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 I don't think you know, and, and again, we're assuming that Patty Mahomes is going to play, which I don't think is guaranteed by any stretch oh, of the he'll imagination. Play. He'll play. I, I, you, he may not play the entire game, and he may not play well, but if Patrick Mahomes tells Andy Reid he's good to go, he's good to go. Mm. And I, by the way, Chad Henney, like the undertaker up from the coffin, you know, like just – and everybody putting those memes out of uh, Kevin Nash getting out of the wheelchair with the blanket and mm -hmm. a fake cast on his leg. Like, Chad Henney is unbelievable. The performance that he gave the Kansas City Chiefs on that one drive alone off the goal line, that performance is why you pay quarterbacks in this league. Don't That's why you have to have two quarterbacks in this league. Yeah. And again, I'm just telling you that this is the Brock Purdy story. This is, you know, you look at Tyler Huntley in, in Baltimore. Was he good enough as a backup? Probably not. Probably not. And I, I look at everything that San Francisco's gone through and – Everything that now Kansas City's going to go through, if Kansas City goes to the Super Bowl, it's, it, I think I could make a pretty strong case that Chad Henney should, should be a hero in Kansas City. Because mm -hmm. if he doesn't get that ass off that goal line, they're in trouble. Yep. They are in – because that game, dude, I get it. I, they were the better team. There's no doubt about that. But if you go back and you look at that game and, and you understand that Jacksonville was wanting and Jacksonville was dangerous – and look, man, I was shocked that they didn't give the ball to ATN more in Jacksonville. Seriously. I was really surprised. And again, Trevor Lawrence is an interesting guy. Not ready, right? Chad Henney, 5 of 7, 23 yards and a touchdown. That's all you ever wanted out of a quarterback, especially a backup quarterback. And I don't know what Patrick Mahomes will be or can become, but you know the other guy that we haven't talked enough about is, is Isaiah Pacheco. Because the performance he gave Kansas City, good lord, man! Yeah, dude, like yep. just unbelievable. Yes. And again, they've they've got studs everywhere. Travis Kelsey, Kadarius Tony, I thought played really well. And you you start looking at some of the names on that defense, and I don't know that that we pay enough attention. Like Chris Jones trying to get his first career postseason sack. That guy was absolutely disruptive. Didn't get the sack, came close. That guy was absolutely disruptive. The, the reason you favor Kansas City, and I think you probably should, is because they're, they're good top to bottom. But so is Cincinnati. And again, just to finish my point on quarterbacks, mm -hmm. we talked about this very thing on Friday. Why is it that teams can't get the quarterback right in the NFL? I don't, I don't understand it. Why is it that Dak Prescott's not developing? I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't know. Kellen Moore is your offensive coordinator and quarterback coach there. And by all accounts, he's a pretty good guy. But there's something off with Dak Prescott's development. Mm -hmm. He's not getting enough of it. And my guess is if he ends up playing for a Kyle Shanahan-type offensive coordinator, Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than he is in Dallas under Kellen Moore. Well, if he kind of just feels like, you know, Kellen Moore is is just saying, yeah, Dak is one of the best in the league and, and we're going to develop a scheme that – that plays to what he can sure. do instead of saying, Hey, like, yeah, you are one of the best and we do have the scheme, but we need to work on this stuff. Like we need to work on you identifying, uh, you know, situations and schemes. And I get it. Like again, raving about the 49ers defense, you know, hiding blitzes, totally yeah. get it. Like that's going to challenge anybody, 
But I think Dak has to get rid of the bad interception. It just like I and I know some of the uh, you know I, I think it was like half or so of those interceptions he threw this year were were hey I hit my guy in the hands and it went to the defense. I, I understand that, but you can't have these just the, awful. The two he threw yeah. yesterday were Dak Prescott bad decisions. I yeah. agree with you that whether it was Ceedee Lamb had two of those. I mean just. They had a lot, like Zeke had had several that hit him in the hands and wound up as interceptions. Yeah. But that's on Mike McCarthy. The fail, the failure to execute that punt is on Mike McCarthy. Mm -hmm. You I, and they're they're a good team. Good teams don't win Super Bowls. Great teams win Super Bowls. And if if I look at like what do you say to Sean McDermott this morning in Buffalo? Is Sean McDermott an elite NFL head coach? Yeah. I don't know if he is or not because they don't win. They don't win. It's great that you're good in the regular season. I know this pisses everybody off. It's great that you're good in the regular season. But are you a championship caliber coach? With all due respect. Because Buffalo's going to tell you they are, and I'm going to tell you they're not. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to fight for it. I'm telling you now, Josh Allen is not a, a, a guy that I believe is ready to carry a football team on his own. Sean McDermott is not a head coach that has proven to you he could take a team to a Super Bowl. You, you look at Mike McCarthy, he is not a head coach that has proven to you that he can take your team today to a Super Bowl. And again, he's much like Aaron Rodgers living on that crap 15 years ago or whenever it was. All right. Congratulations, but that's ages ago. right? I look at quarterbacks and you can instantly you can instantly see it. And you can say it about Jalen Hurts. You could Jalen Hurts playing the way that he played. That's a guy I want on my football team. Well, and that's why they are where they are, right? But is he better than Josh Allen? I don't know. Ask me next next week at this time. Because if he wins, if he beats the 49ers on one arm, and this bad arm's his throwing arm, if he beats the 49ers, if he plays well enough to beat them, now I think you're talking about a different caliber of quarterback. Thanks. So you just know that Mike McCarthy isn't the guy in Dallas. Mm -hmm. he, at least today, he doesn't feel like the guy in Dallas. And by the way, on Friday, he didn't feel like the guy in Dallas. Like last weekend on the road in Tampa, you knew they were going to be Tampa. Right now, Tom Brady telling his teammates he's not coming back. That was the story a month ago. Right, They were right to be beaten at home. The Dallas Cowboys were never in my in my opinion, they were never, it didn't feel like in a position where you were like, oh, they're going to win this game. Dallas is going to win this game. You never felt like that yesterday. Yeah. I didn't feel like that. I never almost... felt, but I never felt like Buffalo was going to win that game. Wow. I never felt like Buffalo was, oh man, Buffalo's going to win. I never felt yeah. like that. Well, I mean, what was tough is like heading into the game, before the game physically started, I was like, all right, this should be, like overall, can I just say overall, I felt like these games were, somewhat disappointing like from a score perspective oh the Bengal like, bills game was hugely disappointing yeah. i was looking forward well, they, we were at the end of that game and mrs monty and i were like damn this game can't end soon enough <clears throat> like yeah. the, it, the game's over man yeah. like the game is and over it just felt like the bills just weren't like i agree with you they were never in danger of winning that game as you never. always say like you were never, never. you it, it just didn't feel like you had the goods and and i'm and i have to say like i i do think that these guys like 
Like, let me just say this. I think Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, like, I think these guys in the right situation can go ahead and win you a Super Bowl. But the problem is, is that they're not in the right situation. The problem is, is that, is that like, for the Bills, you've been to the AFC Championship game here a couple of times. And, like, this year, you're not even getting that far. But you if, you, if you look up and down, like, specifically in the AFC East, yeah. Because we heard all about the AFC East this year. There's not a franchise quarterback in the AFC East today. And you can sit here and tell me, oh, you're crazy, Josh Allen. Show me how Josh Allen is a guy you're like, yep, no doubt about it, best quarterback in the NFL. Well, what makes a franchise guy, in your opinion? That absolutely dominates the huddle and no doubt about Like Aaron Rodgers is, for everything he's not, Aaron Rodgers is a commander he has got presence. Now he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. Right. But I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers than Josh Allen. I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers than jo in that game yesterday. Give me Aaron Rodgers instead of Josh. And I, well, I, I am disagree. a, yeah. I am a noted Aaron Rodgers hater. Yeah, I can't stand that guy. But Josh Allen just ain't that dude right now. And I, uh, by the way, when you lose the way that Josh Allen's lost the last couple of years, I don't know that you come back from that. I don't know that you come back from that. You're not that guy, pal. Trust Tua, me. Tua You're is, not that guy. Two is not that guy, right? I, I have no idea what Mac Jones is. That is such a dysfunctional somehow now disaster in New England. I have no idea what that situation is. I know Zachy Poo ain't that guy. Like, look at the AFC North. There's one quarterback in the AFC North, and his name is Joe Burrow. Right. But – it's not Lamar. I've, I, how many years am I going to sit on this show and you guys are going to call me stupid and then ultimately he's going to get hurt or make a bad throw and they're going to be out of the playoffs? It ain't Lamar. I'm telling you now, I don't know. It, Pickett is too young. We have no idea. Huge upside. Don't yeah. know about that in Pittsburgh yet. And Deshaun, well, let's find out. Yeah. Because he's busy playing the washcloth game over the summer in hotel rooms with masseuses and not winning football games in Cleveland. Yep. So I, I don't know about him. It, Trevor Lawrence, great. This is a great conversation. Yeah. Is Trevor Lawrence a franchise quarterback? Well, I mean, he can fit the whole franchise on his forehead, but I don't know if that means that he can carry them to a Super Bowl. <laughs> Growth this year, unbelievable. Doug Peterson, coach of the year, in my opinion. I, you have high hopes. Yeah. You're certainly not closing the door on him, but who's the starting quarterback in Tennessee? Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Who's the starting quarterback in Indianapolis? Yeah, I don't know either. Who's the starting quarterback for Houston? Yeah, he's probably wearing an Alabama t-shirt this morning when he woke up. But I don't know either. Look at Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. End of story. Justin Herbert's the best young quarterback in the NFL. End of story. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. With Between Herbert and Josh Allen, because I think their stories Justin are, Herbert. Are, are... But like, I think they're similar in the sense that that like Josh Allen has gotten to the AFC Championship game and lost. Herbert has gotten mm. to the postseason and lost. He Josh hasn't Allen, quite gotten over. Justin Herbert wins that game yesterday for the for the the Buffalo Bills. In my opinion, Josh Allen hesitates, and that's the thing that scares you. Justin Herbert doesn't care what happened on the previous throw; he's going to make the next throw. Right. I think Justin Herbert's a stud, but hey. To your point, now, I don't think he has a team around him. He doesn't have the ownership around him. He, he, well, he, plays doesn't, in, he doesn't have what Allen has. He plays in some other somebody else's stadium, Yeah, but he still performs at a high level. I don't know. I don't think I'm ready to make a judgment, but I do know this. He's a franchise quarterback. By the way, who's a franchise quarterback of the, the Oakland, Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders? <laughs> I don't know either. Hey, by the way, the Denver Broncos, that guy ain't it. We all know that. I, I mean, Sean Payton, though. How many it guys... How many it guys 
You think he's going to Denver? I mean, but I'm just saying, if he does go to Denver, is Russell Wilson all of a sudden that guy again? We're going to find out. You know what I mean? Like that, that, but that's what I'm saying with the Sean Payton thing. That's quite literally what's on the line, like for Dallas or Denver or these different or but Arizona. That's three quarterbacks in the AFC that you can be like, yep, hanging my hat on that guy. Yeah. That's yep. it. That's it between between Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. I, I think Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, that's three, no doubt about it, franchise quarterbacks. Right. Josh Allen, to me, now has to prove that he can be that guy. So we can, and we could sit here and go round and round, and his numbers are great, and look at him jump over this dude, and hey, look at that. He loses big games. Yeah. At home, he lo it's snowing in Buffalo, and you lost. Yeah. I'm a little surprised by that. And hey, listen, I understand that snowing favors the quarterback. But just the way it helped Joe Burrow, because it slows down the pass rush, just the way it helps Joe Burrow, it didn't help Josh Allen. No. How's that possible? I don't get it. How is it that Diggs is calling Josh Allen out? Yeah. Not is that a Diggs thing or is that an Allen thing? Because ain't nobody calling out Aaron Rodgers as much as people hated him. You don't see guys calling him out. You don't see guys calling Patrick Mahomes out when he makes just Travis Kelsey bailing on, on his guy. No. Do you think it's unfair to compare Allen to like Rodgers or Mahomes when when those guys have either won or been to the Super Bowl? Is that because because no. I I don't think it's unfair, but I think a lot of people and want to defend Josh Allen by saying, well, can't compare someone who's never even been to the Super Bowl to guys who have either been but there dude, or done that. You know? Joe Burrow, right. I love Joe Burrow. Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow has lost the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think I can make a compelling argument. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. Better send those refunds. Honest to God, I think I, if you ask me today, sprained ankle aside, 100% yeah. they're both healthy. I'm probably taking Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes. Because you know what I like about Joe Burrow? I don't have to worry about him getting hurt running all over the field. Yeah. I really like the fact that Joe Burrow stands in the pocket and throws the football. Facts. I And I know I'm 50 years old almost, and I'm old school guy who likes... Dude, stand in the pocket. You just want a guy to throw it out of the pocket? Come on, bro. I know. I, I'm just. I'm just telling you now. I think I could make more than a compelling argument that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think it's only two. I think it is Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. I agree. I think that's the conversation. And I think today I would take again health 100. percent They're both 100. percent I'm taking Joe Burrow. He's younger, and I love what I love his attitude. That yeah. there's a video on my Twitter right now. The Monty Show. M O N T Y. The Monty Show. Of Joe Burrow doing Steph Curry but throwing a football. Yeah. Where he throws the football and turns away and doesn't look. Yeah. And it's a dime piece. Like, that's that's who this guy is. I don't care about the cigar smoking. I don't care that he probably has a 12-inch dong and the guy's got any hot chick he wants. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. The fact that he left Pervin Meyer high and dry at Ohio <laughs> State and he went and, and won a championship at Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Like, I love that about <laughs> Joe Burrow. I do. I love his swagger. I love his demeanor. And I hope he wins a Super Bowl. Because if Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl, it's over. Yeah. All right. James Jensen gives us a $20 tip this morning and says, not a member, but nobody's perfect. Hey, dude, love you, man. Hey, and I understand. Listen again. The membership is $10. It's another Netflix. I totally get it. I totally get it. But at least here, you're not getting crappy TV shows. You're getting a, a pretty crappy sports talk show. Right, right. So the difference is From that, two YouTube hacks who you know, just kind of do a thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. 
The difference is you're getting a community of awesome folks. Uh, as now, Joshua the Balla found out because he has joined the exclusive Monty Show Club. We appreciate you, Joshua the Balla. Make sure you DM Jake on Instagram, SLC Jake, because now you get access into our exclusive members-only Instagram chat. And I say that first because it's absolutely taken over as the best feature of this show. Thanks. The community that has blossomed before your eyes um, is exactly what you like about this show because we talk about football during the games, basketball, trades, cold plunges. By the way, I did two minutes in a freezing cold shower this morning, which was amazing. We talk about all that stuff. We, we trade pictures of what we're eating during the game and yep. asado seasoning and our favorite Papa Murphy's pizza recipes and... We do all of that, and it's freaking amazing, the community we've grown on this show. So welcome in, member number 64, Joshua the Bala. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Mike Maple said, this chat is what you want Twitter to be. Good conversation, banter, but everybody is there for each other. That's it's right. exactly right. That's, that's a great point, too. We agree. We disagree with each other. It's great. Uh, Ken Williams says, no thanks, LOL, on the cold showers. I'm telling hey. you. I am telling you that the cold showers have changed my life. I, I I slept pretty well. My wife's dealing with this broken arm. She was up at three o'clock this morning, you know, like, and it's fine. But then you, you're, you're a little tired. The alarm goes off at 3.50. You get in the shower, take this nice hot shower for five minutes, do your hair, wash your, your giblets and stuff. Yeah. And then you just turn that cold water on you turn the faucet away from you, the sprayer away from you, turn it down to cold, let it get cold, hit the timer on your phone, which is sitting on the uh, on the crapper. Yeah. Uh, I put it on for two minutes and 10 seconds today. Turn that freezing cold water on me. And today the water was so cold, it was painful. Like it hurts when the water's that cold. But man, there's something about it at like 35 seconds when you've controlled your breathing. And you're just kicking the crap out of that faucet. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not losing today. Yeah. I'm not I am Josh Allening today. I am not Dak Prescotting today. Yeah. I am standing in this cold water and that timer stops at two minutes. And you stand there for about 20 seconds more. And it just, it, it's amazing. It, it, you just, you're just kicking the crap out of that shower today. And it, yes. it was amazing. I loved every minute of it. Uh, Steve Smith gives us a $10 tip. What are your thoughts on the Pac-12 overpayment issue and will it affect their TV deal? I do not believe it will affect their TV deal. And, and he gives us a $10 tip, so he gets 30 seconds on. The Pac-12 fired two executives this week because of unreported overpayments not from TV partners. And they haven't, it, 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 to my knowledge, and if I'm wrong... You guys, please feel free to correct me. Right. Um, but they, in, in, to my knowledge, have not critically detailed what happened. John Wilner uh, reported that Mark uh, Shukin and CFO Brent Willem, Willman uh, were both fired for failing to disclose an overpayment of $50 million from a media distribution partner. Now, what I have, what I have heard... And I don't know if it's true or not. It was facilitators that pay for the right to satellite, to, to be the satellite service provider. They essentially beam those links out. Is that true? I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out exactly what happened. 
and exactly what those were, but they have not detailed the, and again, if I, if I am wrong about this, please correct me. They have not detailed who the distribution partners are. Yeah. I am told it is absolutely not television networks. It's not ESPN or Fox. What it is, is overpayment of a rights fee because they essentially how this works is, hey, I'm Pac-12 Networks. I'm going to give Jimmy the Dish Guy my the right to distribute my programming right, uh, via satellite. And so he pays me for those rights because then he goes and makes money zipping those to my TV partners. That is what the overpayment was. So the distribution of Pac-12 network programming, not, hey, the Stanford game, but the, hey, the stream of the Pac-12 network going up. Right. That's what they got overpaid for, as it was explained to me. Now, again, I could be wrong. They should have been fired. I do not believe that this will impact their negotiations. I think the biggest issue with the Pac-12 and their TV deal is is that ESPN is not offering tier one money. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. We've been we've been on this for three, four months now. Fox straight up said in August, we are no longer interested in being a tier one partner for Pac-12 football. We're not interested in it. Because now, as we know, they were all in on the Big Ten and they were all in on the Big 12 basketball. So they were no longer going to be a tier one partner, right? Who had that first? Why? <clears throat> um, Keep it real. I'm just saying, yo. Uh, but ESPN knows that they don't have to negotiate against anyone but themselves, and they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. So they're coming in low, and I think they are daring the Pac-12 to make a deal with a with a streamer. I think they're daring them. Yeah, and they're chill if it's Amazon too, by the way. And we've said that. Yeah. You know, they they like ESPN does not view Amazon as is some huge competitor. ESPN views them as a juggernaut in the streaming space, and they view themselves as a juggernaut or really the outlet in TV. So it's it's two different spaces. Yep. All of our football talk on this show is presented by our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com, the best equipment in the business. When you hear Barbecue Pit Stop, I want you to think about the best barbecue smoker pizza ovens in the business. Traeger, you know I'm a Traeger guy. If you're new to the show, I don't mind telling you, I'm a Traeger guy. Banged some wings out yesterday. Drums with that asado seasoning that you can get at bbqpitstop.com. No matter where you're listening to the show, they'll ship it right to your front door. Asado seasoning is amazing. And I'm telling you, they have the best equipment in the business. Whether it is Traeger, Yoder, Big Green Egg, Camp Chef, you name it, they've got it. But what you're really paying for is not the great seasoning or the sauces, the rubs, the spices, the tongs, the, tongs. the, the aprons, the, the mats that go in front of your smoker. No, no, friends. What you're paying for is the awesome human beings at the barbecue pit stop. Any other five Utah locations, Logan, Layton, Lehigh, the Jeezy, St. George, or in Murray on State Street, they're all just great dudes to do business with. And I'm telling you now, when you want the best in the barbecue business, it's barbecue pit stop. When you want to know how long you have to, hey, what's the best temperature to go low and slow on a brisket? You just go to barbecue pit stop, use the chat function. Say, hey, what? I'm cooking a brisket. Can you tell me what temperature to do it low and slow for like 10 hours? And they'll talk with you about it. They'll chat with you online. It doesn't cost you anything because they're just good dudes to do business with. At barbecue pit stop, make make sure you tell them, 
You heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, Joshua the Baller, our newest member, says, how's the Maverick Center cat this morning? Uh, non-existent. Haven't heard from the cat today. And I and Haven't I, seen him. I, I think they're probably in hiding under the bleachers. They're chilling in the cut. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they're, they're, we haven't heard from them. Uh, Andy H. says, by the way, whiskey with a cube instead of neat is basically a cold plunge. It's very tough. Right, right. You right. know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh, hey, look at Arlington Bears. By the way, Arlington Bears, the first ever Monty Show member mm-hmm. on this program, says 90 seconds in the cold today. I hate it. Doesn't it suck? It's brutal, bro. But, man, it's so rewarding. It is so rewarding. You just got to get to 40, 45 seconds because once you're there, you're good to send it to two minutes. You're yep. good to send it, bro. Uh, Alex Chacon says, I'm just going to stick with yoga and meditation to make me feel good. You should, man, but I'm telling you. Dude, just start with 10 seconds. Trust me. Just start with 10 seconds. Just give it give it a chance. Everybody wants to start like with five minutes. I'm telling you, don't even turn your water down to the coldest. No. Work your way up. Give yourself, the first thing I would try to do is, is if it's absolutely unbearable, do 20 seconds, 30 seconds. And not at your coldest temp. Just get it uncomfortably cold. That's all you have to do. Not the coldest. Just get it uncomfortably cold. Because before you know it, 20 or 30 is going to turn into a minute, a minute, and 10 seconds, and the water is going to be colder because you're going to realize how good it is for you. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm telling you. That's all I'm saying. All right. Without further ado, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. It's football at 50, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Here's a question for you. And I started the show with this, and I want to come back and get everybody in the comments this morning. After you hit the like button, should the Dallas Cowboys fire Mark Mike McCarthy? I think they should. I am in the camp that the clock management stuff, we saw it again. They were punting with 225 to go in the game. They're trying to get that punt off, trying to get that punt off. And what you saw happen was they hesitated. Should we go for it? Should we punt? So the punt team wasn't ready, so it took a little longer to get them on, took a little longer to get it snapped. And before you know it, you burned a bunch of time. And now they only have to, the 49ers only have to run one play and you get it back with just about no time left on the clock to really make a, a go at it. And oh, by the way, then your guy fair caught the ball at the six yard line. Like, what are you doing? It's just bad coaching, it's yeah. bad execution. And by the way, Dak Prescott's not developing. Would you fire Mike McCarthy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I would fire Mike McCarthy if I could get Sean Payton. I would not fire Mike McCarthy if I didn't have an equal or better replacement for him. Because the minimum here, what we can't forget, and I don't disagree with anything you said there, but we can't forget they're a playoff team, right? So the last thing you want to do is fire a guy to then take a step back and be, you know, a 7-8 win team. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to take that step back. So if I have a Sean Payton type guy or if I have somebody that I believe I could partner with Dak and company and and make this team better, uh, I would do that tomorrow. But the problem is, is that's hard to find. So to me, if I'm Jerry, what I do, maybe I don't fire Mike right out the gate, but maybe what I do is start sort of stepping in and interjecting on his staff a bit because I do look around. I look at the punt. I look at the fair catch. 
I look at the fact that last year you had clock management issues. Does anybody forget what they did last year against the 49ers to end their season? Did we all forget that you you ran clock management and then blamed the officials because they didn't spot the ball and you ran out of time so you couldn't spike it? We're having the same issues this year that we did last year. So clock management's never been anybody's strength here. So like I said, I would fire the guy if I had a better replacement, but I'm not firing him to be a you know, a seven-win team. Uh, I would agree. I think I think if I, if I could get Sean Payton, I fire him. If not, I think he's coming back. Uh, Sean Mirzinski says, give him one more year. Dak is just too inconsistent. But again, is Dak too inconsistent, or is Mike McCarthy a bad coach? Right? I, I mean, are you putting the cart before the horse, Mike or the horse before the cart? Figure it out with Aaron Rodgers, bro. Right? I don't know. Like, you couldn't uh, figure it out. I don't know. I think it is. It'll be. We'll see. Eric and Raleigh says McCarthy out bad clock manage, uh, bad clock management. Kyle Shanahan did outmanage him. I agree with that. Um, that's you know that's what I would say. Jeff Johnson says I could not believe they punted on their second to last drive with a couple of minutes left. As a 49er fan, I was shocked. It was such bad clock management. I'm all about it. Yeah, I I agree. Anthony uh, Kobe. What's up, Anthony? He says, come on, guys. My five-year-old daughter did a four-minute cold shower last night for the first time. Control your breathing and the rest is mental. Let's go. Let's go. Love, Let's it, go. Love it, bro. Love it, Anthony. Uh, Brandon says, McCarthy should have never been hired. He wasn't that guy with the Packers. Well, I agree. But again, there's at all that, that time, don't forget. Remember what it was, though, with the Packers. Well, it's A-Rodge and culture, and maybe this is an Aaron Rodgers problem. And by the way, I do believe it was partly an Aaron Rodgers problem. It is an Aaron Rodgers what problem. has he done with LaFleur? But I'm just telling you, like, like Mike McCarthy is a good head coach, but he's not a Super Bowl winner Mike McCarthy bro. should be the head coach of the Raiders, not the Cowboys. Yeah. That's what it feels like. By the way, do you guys hate Tony Romo? There's all this Tony Romo hate right now because, it, and I admittedly, he said a, a couple of things yesterday. I was like, dude, what'd you say? Like the one where he was talking about how Josh Allen throws the ball in the end zone to, to Diggs and it's high and wide and Diggs never had a chance to come down and bounds with it. And Tony Romo's like, oh, it's a perfect throw. That's just a little too high and outside. And it's like, wait, then how's it a perfect throw? Like, are, are you over the Tony Romo glamour? Nah, I mean, I, I think the, the thing the thing is, is Tony's path has made it so people expect perfection out of the guy. I think people think that, hey, like, because he predicted plays, you know, early in his broadcasting career, that now this guy is perfect and isn't going to make mistakes. And I got news for you. When you're out of the league long enough, schematically, you're going to lose touch. You're not going to know what the next play is going to be. And I think that also extends to, you know, things like throwing it to the end zone or like you just get a little less sharp. And I think the thing that nobody wants to say, the reality is Tony Romo is one of the best color guys in the game. Right? Tony Romo is younger, he's energetic, and he does a pretty good job across the board. I agree. Said some things yesterday, and he does say some things that are yeah. a little odd. But overall, he's better than what I get from... Like, he's better than Greg Olson, even though Greg did a phenomenal job Olson. yesterday. Yep, I agree. Uh, Tyler P says Romo's one of the best. Yeah. G-Off says, I hate Tony Romo. I hate Tony Romo! Maybe this is one of those deals. You either hate him or you love him. You know, maybe that's what it is. Oh, that's great, right? Riley O'Brien, who's a member, says, Morning Casuals, how the heck are you? Uh, Jeremy Bolton, he's a member of the show and the mayor of Montytown, says, Good morning. I think Dallas should keep McCarthy for 10 years, sign him to a huge extension. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not a Dallas Cowboy fan, I see. You know, uh, Joshua the Baller, our newest member, says, uh, have y'all tried the cinnamon wheel from Papa Murphy's? Their dessert stuff. Strong. The cinnamon, like, essentially it's a cinnamon pull-apart, if I remember right. Yeah. The cinnamon pull-apart is what you're talking about? Oh, my God. There's nothing bad at Papa Murphy's. I just, again, use the promo code MONTY25 because I'm telling you, if you have not gotten the marinara meatballs at Papa Murphy's yet, they're, oh, my God. Get the marinara meat, get the cinnamon wheel, get the uh, the take and bake chocolate chip cookies, the s'mores. You can't go wrong at Papa Murphy's Pizza, and that includes the NYXL. Right now with Papa Murphy's, we've got a great deal. Which means I make more great pizza. A lot more. That's our extra large New York style take and bake pizza. And it's everything you'd expect from a classic New York style pizza, hot and fresh out of your oven. And only $9.99. Do I have to share it? It's recommended, but not required. Papa Murphy's. We make great pizza, so you can make the pizza great. Such a great deal. Order now at papamurphys.com. There you go, Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. <laughs> Jake's like, hey, you got to fix your camera, Dick. <laughs> there you go. You happy now? Stop complaining about my camera. There you go. Uh, Mr. Preston says the meatballs, amazing. Aren't they, they are. Aren't they I'm like telling the best? you. I'm telling you. They are the best. There's no doubt about it. Uh, let's see. Tyler P. says, best NFL games to watch are the ones with the Mannings uh, doing the game. I actually think the Manning cast was actually better this year than it has been. Are you a Manning cast fan? I'm not a big Manning cast guy. You know, for me, I, I, I find myself more and more, and this isn't just a football thing. This is like a sports thing. I find myself, you know, watching sports and just, just watching the game for the game. I, I don't need Holly Rowe. I don't need the Mannings. I don't need, like, I don't need these guys. It helps, like, when there's a guy that I particularly like, you know, uh, you know, Tony Romo aside, whoever, like, Greg Olson's really good. Like, whoever you want to point to, it helps when there's a voice there that I like. But I find myself watching these games for X's and O's and really trying to understand and comprehend, like, what these teams are trying to do. I was fascinated by the Bengals' defense, man. Like their their schematics and how they go about that and and where they show blitz and don't show blitz and where it actually comes from. Like I love that stuff. So for me, I'm not a big Manning guy. But this goes back to the conversation around Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football. That's a huge upgrade to what you had. With all due respect to Booger, right? That's a huge upgrade. So to me, it's like if you have the goods on a broadcast, it really helps. But other than that, I'm not like turning to a specific channel to get the Mannings. I'm it's just not I'm just not that connected connected to it. But I know there are a lot of people who are like, yes, the Manning thing is a smashing success. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I need to give it another chance, but I haven't been real, real married up to it. Well what I'll tell you is I think the Manning cast was way better this year. And when they have guys like Dion on, I think it's hard you know. Yeah. Uh a couple more. Uh let's see. Joshua Lovren says, have them put the meatballs on the pizza. I, I, and that's what we tell you to do. Yeah. I'm telling you, you get the meatball marinara at Papa Murphy's, chop the meatballs up, put them on your pizza, forget about it. It is so good. Uh meatballs on pizza, must try. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glenn San Diego State Aztec says the Mannings are are good in short measured segments, not the whole game. Yeah, it's a flip back and forth thing. Yeah. It absolutely is a flip back and forth thing. No doubt. Tyler P says your promo code don't work in Vegas. Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. 
I know we have a big contingent in Vegas. I, I By the way, not for nothing, and you guys probably don't care about this. You probably don't care about this. But what I'll tell you is, awesome to see the growth on this show. We are we should be at 10,000 subs this week, but to just see all of the new faces on the program. And if you're new to the show, shout yourself out, yeah. man. Uh, we're at 9,787 subs. So that's what, 213 to go until we get to 10,000. Program. Please hit the like button. That really helps us get there much more quickly. Um, and we have uh, about 700 views this morning, and 154 of you are here now with 38 likes. Um, so if you could hit the like button, that'd be great. But just to see all the new faces, yes. to see the the explosion in Utah, Phoenix, you, you know, like Las Vegas. Um, you know, Las Vegas is now pushing Phoenix as our number two market. Uh, just really good to see all of you guys. And I know that all of us Utahns love, you know, one of the things I saw over the weekend is everybody saying that, oh, Utahns love Denver. No, we don't. No. Why is this a conversation? Utahns don't want to go to Denver. We want to go to Vegas. Like Vegas is the next, like, that's why the Raiders are such a big deal in Utah because we're Raider, they're in like in hockey with the Golden Knights. Like, you know, yes. I mean, I understand that people are like, oh, Bronco country. No, I don't well, think so. Well, there's always this debate, and it's raging right now about, you know, Denver and who's got the better snow and what's a better city and, like, who's got better sports. And and I just think that, yeah, like, I when I think of a, a, a drive-away vacation out of Salt Lake, I'm not thinking about Denver. Like, yeah, you can drive to Denver, sure, but you're thinking about Vegas. Yeah. Like, it's an easy jot to Vegas. By the way, uh, Joshua the Baller, our newest member, gives us a $5 tip to say Team Standard Squad. <laughs> Josh? Hey, we're team teammates. Lean. We're teammates. No, hey, no, we, no, ain't nobody on Team Lean. You know. You know. Uh, Troy Cushing says, give them a thumbs up. Please appreciate that. Mike Maple says, the days of Summerall Madden and Keith Jackson are long gone, aren't they, though? Aren't they, though? Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, I'm seeing a lot of Monty YouTube shorts, as we sh as you should. We're working hard on that, man. We make we make two, three, four shorts every single day and if you would on like, our channel. Again, this is a membership thing. Not, not to beat a dead horse here, but the membership thing allows you to request what you want to see in shorts. And, yeah. And we do a member video every day. So, you know, if you like the shorts and you want to see something specific, let us know. Yusuf says, how do you feel when you're unable to go to work? What do you mean? I don't know. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, Team Lean. That's Stop right. it. That's right. Team Lean. OG says, as someone who likes weed, not cigarettes, I'd rather go to Denver. Dude, there is weed everywhere. I am, And we've talked about that is on the show. Is that a serious consideration? I never thought of it that way. I never did anything. You, you because know. Vegas, one of my biggest turnoffs in Vegas is all the smoking that goes on in the casinos. I hate breathing that air. But there's weed. You walk down the street in Vegas or Salt Lake City and you're smelling weed. Yeah, like you are. It, it's crazy. Are. Oh, boy. Here we go. Garrett M Garrett Mears, who's a member, <laughs> says lean gang. <laughs> Joshua answers that with squat gang. <laughs> Let's go. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, Utah's best injury attorneys. By the way, Phoenix, Arizona. There's now an office there. Uh, anywhere you need an injury attorney, get to theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online 24-7, and it costs you nothing because at The Advocates, they don't ask you to pay them any money until they win your case. So your consultation, never a cost to have a consultation. Never a retainer. Never a cost until they win your case. Chat with an attorney live online right now. And again, if somebody's driving distracted, if somebody is, is looking at food, 
if somebody is on their phone messing with the radio, you shouldn't have to pay for them hitting you. And the problem is you can't rely on your insurance company. And I know this, a lot of people ask me about this. Why pay my insurance company? Why am I paying an attorney? Because your insurance company doesn't work for you. They work for their shareholders. They have thousands of lawyers at your insurance company. You don't have any? Why not go to the advocates? When you get in an accident, let them fight for you. Because they know when you when you get in a car accident, dude, that's a big deal. Yeah. And heaven forbid that you have like a serious injury or you break your arm or your leg or... Man, that's a lot to go through. You need somebody that's going to be your advocate. That's why they call themselves the advocates, the best injury attorneys in the business at theadvocates.com. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball on the Monty Show. Um, A lot going on with your Utah Jazz. You know they host the Charlotte Hornets tonight. Minus eight. The Yaz are an eight-point yeah. favorite at 236.5 tonight at the soon-to-be Delta Center. And the real question here is, What are the Jazz doing on the trade market? Because I know a lot of people have talked about trade this guy, not that guy. And there were reports out over the weekend um, that said that Laurie Markkinen and Walker Kessler were your only uh, untouchables on this team. They're not going to trade Walker Kessler. I also believe, I was told by a source over the weekend, that he is now their starting center, even when Kelly Olenek is healthy. And I do believe that Kelly Olynyk will be traded. But without doubt, the hottest guy on this roster in trade talks right now, the hottest guy in the NBA in trade talks right now is Malik Beasley of the Utah Jazz. He is the hottest name in NBA trade conversations because of his versatility and because of the fact that he is a knockdown three-point shooter. And if I had to guess right now, I think the two hottest teams on Malik are the Dallas Mavericks and the Miami Heat. The issue is, and we've been talking about this three-team trade with the Atlanta Hawks, the Utah Jazz, and most notably the Phoenix Suns. The real issue now is that they have not been able to get a deal done because the asking price for Malik Beasley, it starts at a first-round pick and a young player. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what Malik Beasley can bring back in trade because Danny Ainge is asking a King's Ransom. And this is not surprising. Two weeks off from the trade deadline, I'd be asking a King's Ransom as well. But the issue is, ultimately, at the end, right on February 9th at the trade deadline, what is Malik Beasley worth? And Jake, if I had to guess, I believe that he is worth picks. I don't know that he's going to bring you a young player if it's a 1v1 trade. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the minimum is a, is a first-round pick. I, I, I agree with Danny's strategy, though, of asking for a pick and a young player. I, I think that's really smart because, and remember, you got to have a place to start in your, your negotiation. I mean, if you started a first-round pick, like if Danny said to these guys as a starting point, it's a first-round pick, well, then those guys are going to want to negotiate down to a second-round pick. Right. And that's unacceptable if you're Danny Ainge. So to me, this pans out perfectly. It makes great sense. Okay. I'm going to, I'm two weeks out from the deadline. I'm going to ask for a first round pick and a young player. And then I'm going to negotiate hard with these guys and see what I can get out of them. And that's where I say, as a Jazz fan, you should really like what you're hearing right now. You should like what Danny Ainge, what you're hearing about Danny Ainge's choices and and the way he operates and the way he goes about things. Because to me, if you get a first rounder for Malik, that's great. I'd love to see a young player because I think development has clearly taken a big step forward for this organization. So now I'm a little more confident that that you could develop, you know, a young player that you would get back in a Malik Beasley trade. But but I think the one thing that you have to avoid in this trade window, if you will, 
is is not getting done what you wanted to get done. Meaning you can't be so stubborn about that, you know, like with Beasley, you know, first rounder and a young player that that the deal you wanted to make gets turned down now because other teams are frustrated with you. And and I think Danny my only thing with Danny is sometimes I feel like he may push that just a little bit too far. Not a lot of it too far, but just a little bit too far. And I look at the Laker thing with Boyan and, and the fact that, that that deal didn't get done, you know, and, and I wonder, is that more about the Lakers or is that more about Danny? Now, the Lakers haven't moved those two first-round picks, so maybe that one was more about the Lakers, right? But all I'm saying is that I don't want any more giveaway deals, and you're definitely not doing a giveaway deal with Beasley. So... I just think that Danny's just got to be careful with that or maybe be mindful with that. Other than that, though, I love what I'm hearing out of the Danny Ainge camp. I love what the guy's doing so far. Yeah, I think the other interesting conversation around the Jazz right now um, is this conversation about Jordan Clarkson and what his value on the trade market is. Um, Because one of the things that NBA sources told us over the weekend is that the uh, Jazz are having trouble getting a first-round pick for Jordan Clarkson because of his contract situation. And if you've listened to the show, you know that um, we have told you, we reported last week, that Jordan Clarkson is open to a move. He has told the Jazz that he will not talk NBA or talk uh, contract extension with the Jazz because they cannot offer him the money that he will get this summer in free agency. Well, that's a double-edged sword for Jordan Clarkson because it's making him more difficult to be traded right now. Teams are hesitant to give a first-round pick, according to NBA sources, because Jordan Clarkson is clearly going to opt out of his deal. He has a player option after this season. He will become an unrestricted free agent this summer, and teams are a little hesitant to give up a first-round pick because they know it's going to be difficult for them to re-sign Jordan, who should have, according to NBA sources, a robust free agent market this summer. So if you give up a first-round pick, are you doing that for a rental in Jordan Clarkson? Well, apparently that's what NBA executives think, because teams are a little hesitant to give up a first-round pick for Jordan. I think the Utah Jazz are more likely to get a first-round pick from Malik Beasley, in fact, than they are Jordan Clarkson. But Things change as the Utah Jazz get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Jordan Clarkson can be a huge addition to a championship contender, but are you willing to give up a first-round pick? That's a big, big question mark. And by the way, as many contenders do have first-round picks, I don't know how many of them are willing to make a deal with Danny Ainge on that first-round pick as well because one of the things I've heard consistently over the last week is that teams are also a little a little, I'm not going to say scared of, but a little cautious of the deals that Danny Ainge makes and the deals that he's made over the summer. It looks like he took the Minnesota Timberwolves to the cleaners, which he did. Yeah. And I think a lot of teams are worried about getting Ainged by Danny Ainge. (laughs) And, And I think it's a legitimate thing. But when you have assets that are as hot on the market as a Malik Beasley is, a Jordan Clarkson is, because make no mistake, just because teams are not willing to give up a first-round pick, especially in this coming draft, that doesn't mean they won't. That does not mean that we'll get within, uh, you know, 24 to 12 hours of the trade deadline. Somebody's going to cough up a first-round pick. The bigger issue, I think, is that Ryan Smith, the owner of the Utah Jazz, does not want to trade Jordan Clarkson. He would like Jordan Clarkson to be on his team. The issue is, I don't believe the Jazz will be able to repay Jordan over the summer or uh, re-sign Jordan over the summer because he's going to get paid an exceptional amount of money. Yeah, I think he is. He is one one NBA source over the weekend told me he could be looking at as much as seventy six million dollars over the summer. Like, why would you pay him that much money? 
And, and again, I'm not a Jordan Clarkson hater. I just think you have to put a number on a guy and that's it. That's the cap. If if I'm the Jazz, I, it, sure, I would offer him $20 million a year on a three-year deal. But are you offering Jordan Clarkson 22, $23 million a year? Man, that just seems... Yeah. $24 million. Yeah. You're going to give yeah. that guy $72 million? No, you're not. That's crazy money. And I think he'll get that or a bit more. Because I do think there will be a sweepstakes to sign Jordan Clarkson. And I do think somebody will give him a third year. And I do think he's going to get somewhere between 22 and... I can't believe somebody pays him 25 million bucks a year. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's silly money. I mean, to me, it, like going back to the pick thing versus how much money you got to pay him. If I'm a championship team, I'm cool giving a first rounder for Jordan because I know what he, what he brings off the bench. I know his value. I know his quality. And, and I think that, you know, he also injects this level of energy coming off the bench that I think you don't see a lot in the league. So to me, I look around the league, and, and I know we talk about this all the time on the show. These teams, this, this select group of teams that that right now is in the championship conversation, is in the NBA Finals window. You know, your your Brooklyn's, your your Milwaukee's, your your you know whoever you want to point to. Those teams in that window, mm. to me, if you're not willing to give up a first round pick to go chase a championship, maybe you shouldn't be chasing a championship. Like I just I I I, I just wouldn't even second guess it because. I'm not doing a Jordan Clarkson deal and gonna and getting butthurt about the fact that I can't re-sign the guy in the summer or I, or I don't have a guarantee that he'll play for me over the next couple of years. All I want to do is win championships if I'm, you know, again, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, you know, some people even throw the Miamis of the world around, like whatever, like any of these teams. I'm just telling you, if you're, in, if you're that, if you're an upper echelon team, you should have no problem giving up a pick to get Jordan Clarkson. You just shouldn't. And if he goes somewhere else, fine. But at, at, you, you have to do that deal if you're chasing championships. Now, everybody else, I get it. Hey, you don't want to pay this guy, you know, you, or you don't want to give up draft compensation for what? Uh, you know, you know, just short of half a season of, yeah. of playing time? I get that. I understand that. But I don't think that that's the Jordan Clarkson conversation. Teams who are average aren't going after J.C., like championship teams would be going after JC. So to me, that's that's just pretty straightforward. And as far as this intimidation or or this hesitancy around dealing with Danny, that's justified. I'm not trying to get fleeced by Danny yeah, Ainge. Absolutely, I'm not, it's justified. As you said, I'm not trying to get anged, right? Like that. Nobody wants that to happen. The reality is, he's got Malik. The reality is, he does have Vando. He has these guys. So that's why I'm telling you that point I was just making about Danny not pushing the envelope too far and burn in some of these opportunities. Because once once you close off a GM, right? Like once a GM gets turned off to you, I have to imagine it's hard to, to you know, like it would be hard to get optimism from Leon Rose again if you're Danny Ainge after how that yeah. whole deal went down, right? So that's why I say, you just got to be careful with that if you're Danny. Yeah, and one of the other stories I think that really is, is critical to watch is the Miami Heat, because I think the Miami Heat really want Malik Beasley. Um, but from what I was told over the weekend by Utah Jazz sources, they are not willing to take Duncan Robinson's contract in return uh, in that deal, and nor would I. I mean, he's owed somewhere. I mean, at a minimum, you're paying Duncan Robinson. If you make that deal at the deadline, you're probably paying Duncan Robinson $50 million over the next three seasons, and, and I'm I, or two and a half seasons, excuse me. I'm just not willing to do that. Duncan Robinson is a great three-point shooter, 
who is an absolute travesty of a defender in this league. And he does not offer you a whole lot um, as far as value on the floor for a team that's trying to develop. And if we're talking about the the Miami Heat, I I am one of the guys who think that the conversation with Miami begins and ends with Nikola Jovic, and they apparently are not willing to trade Jovic at this point. Um, And if that's the case, then I'm not willing to give you Malik Beasley. I would hold a hard line on that. I just don't think that there's a trade that you can put together with the Miami Heat that doesn't include uh, Jovic. I mean, the kid is an absolute stud. And by the way, he's a power forward, which is your biggest hole. If you can get a young power forward, and we've talked about this on the show for weeks now. Yeah. um, You know, if you're able to get a John Collins, for instance, that solves a lot of problems for you over the next two seasons. Jovic is a guy that if you do not... You're not add that guy to your your roster in a trade with Miami. I don't know why you're trading with Miami because Duncan Robinson ain't that dude. Yeah, and he's owed a ton of money. Jovic is on a very obviously he's a young guy. I think he's 19 years old, uh, but Jovic is on a very friendly team deal, and that's a guy that um, you want. I mean, he's he's 19 and a half years old, and he's a guy that is obviously on a rookie deal. Um, and he won't even be eligible for a rookie extension until after the 24-25 season. That's right, T. You're going to control him at $2.5 million a year. That's the kind of opportunity I mean, you're looking for. That, but So why, why would you make a Malik Beasley trade with Miami that doesn't include Jovic, who's a guy that, by the way, I, w- I would remind you, he's a dude that I think does everything that, that you need him to do. And when you, when you look at him... And you realize that he's not a free agent until 2026. This is a guy that you can develop. This is a guy, by the way, did anybody see that, you know, hey, David Fisdale has been around a lot more lately, right? You're seeing him on the bench. You're seeing him on the floor. Like they're all in on development. And I think the story over the weekend as well that talked about how Laurie Markkinen and and Walker Kessler are the only untouchables on this team. Um, And I I want to say it was Shams who reported that, but I could be wrong. That's exactly what the Jazz have said to us, and we've talked about this. We've even debated should Ochai Akbaji be untouchable. Yeah. With, to which I say no. But Walker Kessler's not a guy I'm willing to trade. Laurie Markkinen's not a guy I'm willing to trade. Yep. The the absolute ascension and growth in Laurie Markkinen's game is spectacular. Why am I trading that guy? I'm not. So I think if you're going to send Malik Beasley or anybody else to the Miami Heat, Nikola Jovic has to be in that conversation. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's a great deal from a contract situation, from where he plays on the floor. Like, I think, you know, this thing with the trade deadline is you want to be making deals, but it would be ideal for you if you could make deals and transactions that fit well into, you know, your current untouchables. Obviously, Kessler and and marketing. So I look at Jovic and I say, he fits right in. He's perfect, right? Like he's a four power forward guy, you know, that allows Walker to continue to play the five. And by the way, I think it's a huge win. If, if nothing else, the fact that Kessler and marketing have played their way into, you know, like with marketing played his way into being a, you know, quote unquote untouchable. And the fact that Kessler has played his way into being a starting five for you. Uh, I, I think that's a huge win for this organization because that never would have happened you know, in prior years. We never had, hey, this guy has made a big leap forward, developmentally speaking. That tells me that, hey, the culture in this organization and the game plan for these guys 
is working. And by the way, they believe in what Will Hardy has going. So again, that's why I say, when you look at someone like Jovic, guy's 19 years old, he definitely is going to need development. Hell of a player already, but again, you're only 19. Plenty of development time here. That brings me great confidence if I'm Danny Ainge to go and make these deals, which I think is a huge under-the-radar thing that nobody talks about. Yeah, and I think the other team, by the way, in this whole Utah Jazz trade conversation, the other team I'd really be paying attention to, I mean, we've talked a lot about Atlanta. We've talked a lot about Miami on this show. But again, I just will go back to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and I know that you're probably tired of hearing us talking about Milwaukee and the, the George Hill trade. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, they are aggressive and they need three-point shooting. They need wing shooting. And Jordan Clarkson and Malik Beasley are both of interest to Milwaukee. I just don't know what they're willing to give in return because I don't know that you take Grayson Allen back. I don't know that you take Bobby Portis. There are some beliefs that Bobby Portis is available. I don't know that you want Bobby Portis on this team. He's a guy, He's a guy, frankly, that I think is more of a headache than he's worth. Like, mm -hmm. I just don't know that Milwaukee has a whole lot to offer you. And by the way, the other thing that I would point out is that Jazz are one of the teams in this league that are hard-capped, which means they have to be dollar for dollar. Yeah. So you can't just make a, you know, you can't take back more money than you're sending out. So, you know, you look at the hard-capped teams. Washington is a team that's been heavily linked to making deals. You look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, another team interested in Jordan Clarkson and Malik Beasley. Um, that's going to be a very difficult trade to make because, I mean, if you look at what Minnesota's salary situation is, and we were telling you last week that there is a lot of belief that D'Angelo Russell is widely available yeah. and that the Phoenix Suns would like to add D'Angelo Russell. And again, I just say, if you know that the, the Minnesota Timberwolves are interested in, in a guy like a Malik Beasley getting him back or a Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell going to Phoenix makes a lot of sense. You've got to get in, in on that trade, right? And, it, and if you know that Milwaukee is chasing Jay Crowder for their lives, Milwaukee is aggressively pursuing Jay Crowder. Thanks. Get in on a three-team deal that helps you with the Bucks and the Suns. Those deals are there to be made. And the question is, can Danny Ainge put the, Sun, the, the Jazz into those trades with the Suns and the Bucks? With the, 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 you know, with the Suns and the T-Wolves mm -hmm. or, I mean, there are deals to be made. And again, you have a guy, look at the name that consistently comes up in all of these trade rumors. It's Malik Beasley. And that's not by accident. The guy is an absolute lethal shooter. And he's a guy, the thing that I hear consistently is Malik Beasley's not young, but he's continuing to show development with the opportunity he's gotten in Utah. That's not been lost on other NBA general managers. I don't think there's any question that Miami would love to add him as a, a mid-range and three-point shooter yeah. on that team. He's a better version of everybody that they've got now. And you already have the throw-everything-at-the-wall guy. It's why I do not believe that Jordan Clarkson is a fit in Miami because I think you have that in Tyler Hero. What you don't have is the, the composed, calm, three-point shooter, the Ray Allen-type piece that's what Malik Beasley is. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Miami is so interested. I think that's why Milwaukee is so interested. But they know they're missing that tenacity this year. That's why they want Jay Crowder. Well, hey, let's go ahead and facilitate that Jay Crowder trade and let's go get a first-round pick. Let's, there yeah. are deals to be made. And if you can get your financial house in order and you can get under the, the luxury tax fully and under the cap fully, save yourself some money, 
Acquire draft picks, make deals, get a superstar. That's what this trade deadline should be all about for the Utah Jazz. And, and I think they're headed in that direction. Yeah. So that to me is, is where the Utah Jazz are. And I do believe that Markkanen and Kessler are the, are the hottest untouchable guys on this roster. Yeah, I mean, it feels as they like, should be. you know, those are the building blocks, right? Like, those are the guys that have separated themselves and the Jazz are like, hey, like, these are the guys that we're going to keep and and we're going to try to build a roster around. And I think it's smart. Like, I look at bigs around the league and, and I do kind of feel like if you have a big who can run and who can who who is just able to finish around the rim and can and can be a threat in the pick and roll not some elite player but just enough of a threat that the defense has to respect him the way the defense respects walker that's a huge value piece and not every team has that like walker kessler is more valuable than an andre drummond right now he's yeah. more valuable than these guys that are just brutes running up and down so that's why i say it wasn't surprising that the jazz kind of came out and said this but to me, I, I, th this deadline is just so crucial. I want these deals to happen, and I want them to happen in the right way, and I want this team to be successful. But I also think if you don't hit a home run at this deadline, it devalues what you did with Don and Rudy. I, and I know that sounds really harsh, but you're in a position now where you can lose. You can make mistakes. And one of the things that I've heard consistently from NBA sources is, hey, can Danny really put the cherry on top of the Don and Rudy trades yeah. by taking those assets and turning them into a championship contending team in the next two years. And I think he can, and I think he will. All of our Utah Jazz talk and NBA talk on the Monty Show is presented by Quick Quack Car Wash, the best in the business. Was there again this weekend, even though it snowed this morning on the roads and yesterday on the roads and you know, you're driving around getting salt and dust and dirt, that, that's okay. Get a membership at Quick Quack Car Wash because I can go to Quick Quack once a month or 10 times or 20 times or 30 times. I can go every day if I want because that's what a membership allows you to do. You pay one price. I pay $21.99 a month. I get their best car wash and I can go one time or 30 times in a month. That's the beauty of it. And the other best thing is, again, the line was out to the street. I go to the South Jordan District location. The line's out on to 114th there. Doesn't matter because I get in and out of there in, in five, seven minutes. I get friendly service. I get free vacuums and towels to wash my mirrors and dry my car off. Like, it's just great. I love dealing with Quick Quack Car Wash. And I will say there is nothing better than when you pull into a car wash and you can't see out of your rear view camera, that reverse camera. You get out of that car wash and that camera is crystal clear. I'm for real. I love it. That's one of the things that I really like about Quick Quack is I know I'm getting a quality wash with quality people because everybody's friendly. I don't have to put my credit card into some computer machine thing. I have a membership. I pull up, I roll the window down. Hey, Monty, how are you? Here's your, here's your dashboard wash. Need anything extra? No, we're good. Okay, thanks. Roll up the window, go through. I'm out in five, seven minutes. Yep. Easy peasy. Let's get your thoughts in here on the Utah Jazz and trades. Travis Bird, Big Daddy Magic. I haven't seen Leonardo DiCaprio yet. Where is he? I want my Leonardo DiCaprio photo. You're up there at Sundance. You're balling with the hoes. You got the movie stars. Where, where's Leo? Where is the Italian? Where is he? Where is he? You promised me Leo, man. Anyway, the Milwaukee Bucks deal would be the rookie George Hill for Clarkson sources the Joey numbers. Okay. Uh, I would not take Hill in return. The problem with Milwaukee is, and if you look at their, their numbers, their cap is massive. When you look at their numbers, 
Their active uh, roster cap's $177 million. Yeah. That's a huge amount of cash. And I, I don't think you care about paying Giannis 23% of the cap, but I understand why they want to move Bobby Portis in that $10.8 million deal. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. I know why they'd like to trade Grayson Allen, but do those guys really fit on the Jazz? I mean, I think you would like to have Grayson Allen. Yeah. But there are better versions of Grayson Allen that aren't dirty players, right? I, I And I think that's a really, that's really interesting, but... I don't know. There's not a whole lot at the bottom of their roster. Like, George Hill is not somebody I'm excited about. Is Pat Connaughton a guy you're dying to add in a trade? No. I mean, I'm taking Pat Connaughton before I'm taking Duncan Robinson in his his ridiculous contract, right? But I, I don't know that Milwaukee's going to be able to make a transformative deal because there's a lot of people around the NBA that question the structure of their their roster. And I, I would agree with that. I'm looking at what Kyrie's doing in, in Brooklyn right now. Yeah. And I'm looking at how you want to talk about flame on. Did you see Kyrie the other night at, at Vivint? Did you see yep. Kyrie last night? I mean, that that cat is red hot. By the way, by the way, did Patrick Beverly earn the whole of his compensation last night? <laughs> did you guys hear about the Lakers last night? They're getting that ass whooped Beat. last night. And I mean beat down yeah. last night yeah they go into the half and by all accounts Patrick Beverly lit the locker room up like he gave this impassioned speech he was telling people we got to turn our swag back up who the f are we who are you like the paint the paint the picture that was painted was he walked around to every guy and was like who the f are you what are you doing and I think this stems from the other night where Memphis, and it's still in Brooks, so I kind of get it, but you're calling out LeBron James, yeah. talking about how he's soft and he wants to, to not be touched. And look, first of all, Memphis, you haven't won anything yet. Yeah. A, B, this is why you put Patrick Beverly on your team. Mm -hmm. Because not only were they in a real bad spot, they had given up 71 points in the first half to a depleted Portland Dame team. Yeah. They came out and put up 75 in the second half, the Lakers did, and they won 121 to 112. They not only didn't give up 71 points in the second half, they gave up a grand total of 41. They came out a different team. LeBron James had 37 more. Thomas Bryant had 31. Again, I'm not saying that Thomas Bryant is better than Anthony Davis by any stretch. Trade Anthony Davis. Yes. You have a young center that's capable of doing a job. He's not Anthony Davis. Trade Anthony Davis. If you've got balls of any shape or size, you would trade Anthony Davis at the deadline. They won't. My guess is Anthony Davis is a summer deal. But if you want to win and you want to make the playoffs, because they're only a game out of the playoffs. Yeah. I'd remind you of that. You would trade Anthony Davis because... Not to belabor this point, and I know it, uh, people lose their minds in the chat when I say this, you are wasting LeBron James right now. LeBron James, in the month of January, is averaging 34 points a game. He's averaging eight dimes and 10 rebounds. And by the way, he's 87 years old. Actually, he's 38. And he's, he's averaging 33.8, 34 points a game. 
He's had a 43, a 37, a 35, a 48, a 32, and a 37 this month. Yeah. You're wasting LeBron James. You're wasting him. And this is exactly why you put Pat Bev on this team. Yeah. You don't love all the things that he does, but boy, did he turn that game around last night. And I would also remind you that they got a grand total of 15 points off their bench, the Lakers, last night. And they scored 121. Yeah. Because everybody but Patrick Beverly was in double figures. And you got 24 out of Schroeder, 31 out of Thomas Bryant, 10 out of Tony Brown, or Troy Brown, excuse me, and LeBron James gave you 37. Yeah. Yeah. Russ was 3 of 13, 0 of 4 from 3 and 6 points. Damn. <coughs> 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 Not is, good. Is that bad? I think that's bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I think the Lakers are... <laughs> that's bad. It's tough because you know LeBron's LeBron's at the end here, you know, and and he's doing insane things for his age. And I and I and I how don't know to, how close to the end is he. I gotta think he doesn't play past like forty one or forty two, dude. Like three seasons, maybe three more seasons, maybe. You know, really depends on Bronny's path too. I think like and and what what that looks like because you because again his his stated goal right is to play with Bronny that he, he wants, as he said in his own words, I want to play with my boy. So to me, it's like, okay, once Bronny hits the draft and hits the league, that's when I think LeBron watch has to start happening. Okay. How do I get on the same team as my kid? What does that look like? So what's more important winning another championship or playing with your kid? I think playing with his kid, honestly, after what I've heard him say, like, I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing a lot of, hey, all of this is unacceptable or like he's not making a big deal out of the fact that he's a Laker and they're one game out of the postseason, right? Like no. they should be one game out of the number one seed. You're the Lakers. Like this, there's there's expectations, but you're not really hearing him talking a lot about that. You're hearing him say things like, well, you know, we, we played a little better tonight. You know, there's some things we got to work on. Like he's coach speaking everything lately. So I don't know. I'm starting to think that playing with Bronny is a little more important than championships. We'll find out. Let's get your thoughts in here as we talk Utah Jazz and NBA basketball on the Monchi Show, presented by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash, Boyd Lake. Hello. I generally prefer the Manning cast on Monday Night Football and the ESPN crew. Okay. Okay. You know. Um, Scott Howard says, big game tonight, the return of Gordon Hayward. <coughs> okay. Uh, Joshua the Baller says, Ochai should be untouchable. Hmm. Do we, is this a conversation we need to have? Because again, who is untouchable? Well, you're someone who has said in the past when we've had discussions like untouchables don't really exist, right? Like, like for they a don't price, exist. for a price, everyone's available, right? And obviously, yes. for Lori and Walker, that price is going to be exponentially high. To me, though, untouchables uh, are something that I think Danny Ainge wields he uses that he says i'm not trading these guys that's not happening and ochai is borderline meaning yes i love the potential i see where the guy can go love dude's game the problem is dude is not a scoring threat right now he's got to up his three-point shooting okay, and his wait, effectiveness wait wait wait. wait 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 slow your roll this guy's not untouchable well what are we talking about he's a rookie and i understand he's shown flashes of greatness not even greatness. Like, the guy can shoot a corner three. He's athletic, he can rebound, and he likes defense. That's cool and everything, but that's not hard to come by. Corner three-point shooters that, that play defense, 
Who would you rather have? This version of Ochai Agbaji or the current version of a buckets old bench? Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal is playing at a very high level. Mm. You can get this guy. You can get this guy. Ochai Agbaji should not be untouchable. I, I just, I don't. But the difference is you'd have to trade to get that guy. Right. right? I, and, like and he's I, already and, on your roster. But that's, you're rebuilding your roster anyway. If Ochai Agbaji is a cherry on top, who's saying no? Yeah. If I'm yeah. going to get Jovic, Nikola Jovic from Miami, and they're like, hey, we got to have Beasley and Ochai, you're saying no? Yeah, no, I'm not, not saying no. I guess not. I mean, I don't, yeah. We're just different on it. I, I, I'm not, I don't want to trade a guy right now who I can clearly see is going to be a defensive juggernaut. He's going to be really good defensively at his position and is probably going to be able to guard three positions on the floor when it's all said and done. And yep. someone who's going to be able to shoot 40% from three. I'm not trying to trade those guys, but yeah. you're right. He is a rookie. He is a rookie, and I just would not wrong about that. I just would not. Yeah. I just would not. Jeremy Bolton's correct. Someone paid Gordon Hayward his crazy contract. Somebody will pay Jordan $25 million. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And, Jake, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on Jordan Clarkson. Like, where are – kind of break him down. Are, is he a valuable commodity to you? Yeah, I mean, I think Jordan Clarkson is somebody who, who I'm looking at and I'm saying – you know, for, for the right team, I think he is extremely valuable. I think Jordan Clarkson, as I was saying earlier, to a championship caliber team is someone that I'm 1,000% willing to give a first-round pick for. I, I Like, even if he's not guaranteed to come back to your roster, hey, I'm bringing this guy off the bench. He's my sixth man, and that's going to allow me to spell Giannis and Middleton, and Jordan's going to give me 20 a night in the playoffs. Now, again... The last time he was in the NBA Finals was with Cleveland. He was a different guy then, but he didn't really do that much for, for them. So you don't really have a ton of experience in the postseason to go off of, in my opinion. That's relevant. But to me, like I'm, I'm willing to give a first-round pick if I'm one of those Finals contenders. But again, this Jordan Clarkson situation is tough because your owner is saying, no, I don't want to trade that guy. I don't want to give up. Jordan Clarkson and it's like that's fine Ryan but the fact is, is, is the league wants him and the fact is the league's going to get him this summer so are we are we really going to be married to somebody who isn't going to be here either way I look back for all you baseball homers out there I look back at Bryce Harper with the Nationals right they didn't want to re-sign him they didn't want to pay him some 300 million dollar deal or whatever the deal wound up being and what does he have now? He's got that same deal. I want to say it's three or like 310 or whatever it is. It just crushing for Philly. So to me, I look at Jordan and I just say, don't be emotional about these guys. Don't be, don't be so married to these guys that you make a mistake. I think Danny looks at Jordan Clarkson, who he's looked at from afar when he was with Boston, and says, hey, when I was with Boston, I saw Jordan as a jazz man, and I liked what I saw. Now that I'm with the jazz, I still like what I see, but I like it in a different way. I want to trade this guy. I want to get value out of him. But I look at guys like Ochai, right? I look at guys like Walker Kessler and Laurie Markkinen, and those are guys that you've developed. Those are guys that you've brought into the organization you know, through trades, through draft. Obviously, everyone has a different path, but you brought these guys in, and you know that they are bringing value, that you're that you're developing him. I look at Ochai, and to me, he, right now, he's the same value uh, on the floor as JC is on some nights. JC will have, you know, one of 13 or one of 10. That happens for Jordan. The difference is for Ochai, he's playing a lot more defense than, than a Jordan Clarkson is. So to me, it's like 
Untouchables, yeah, sure. Every team has untouchables. But my biggest issue is that I feel like Ochai is someone who I can almost with certainty know how he's going to pan out. Even though he's a rookie, I know where that guy's going to go. So, I don't know, man. I just, I, I, Jordan is a valuable guy. But to me right now for this Jazz team, he's not as valuable going forward as like an Ochai would be. Okay, huge update. Okay. So I was floating, so I sprinted upstairs to the bathroom. Right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good job. Mama Kitty. What? I saw, I, I can only imagine as the Mama Kitty. So now they're on the second floor. Yeah, upstairs with a little baby kitten. Wow. Yeah. So yep. they, they were, there was pregnancy happening yeah. at the Mavs. Yeah, and I, it was pretty close. <laughs> it was probably within, I was probably within 25 yards. And once she saw me, they took off running. They, but yeah, I love it. <laughs> mom and a little kitty upstairs on the second floor here at the MAF. There you go. So yeah, mama kitty go. is a real thing. Cat sighting. Eric and Raleigh says, amongst NBA contenders, who has the available cap to get Clarkson? Well, I mean, everybody everybody has cap. You, There's a lot of teams. If you're over the cap, if you're in the luxury, you essentially have to be dollar for dollar with anybody that's going to acquire Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Because a team like Charlotte is not going to pick up Jordan Clarkson. I think Charlotte's going to have a fire sale. I think they're going to trade a lot of dudes, including Gordon. I think Kelly Oubre. They're one of the teams I hear a lot about in talking to my NBA friends. But I think when you look at teams, everybody can acquire Jordan. The question is, who's a really good fit? I still, I still maintain the Phoenix Suns are the best place for him. Mm -hmm. Him and Malik, if you want to win a championship right now, and I think both of them are in that conversation now, I think those two dudes, they're great fits in Phoenix. Because you're looking at Phoenix right now. Cam Johnson is back. I think you're, you're looking at a roster that needs, that needs some presence. Without Book, and apparently Book is not close to returning. Without Book, you have Chris Paul who... Just is not the same player. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. You know, you you look at you look at Bridges, you look at Johnson, you look at, at at Lee, you look at the guys that they have on that roster. They don't have the it guy right now. Mm -hmm. That it guy, I'm telling you, is that Jordan Clarkson in my mind is a fantastic fit in Phoenix. He would be exactly what they need. Yep. But I think anybody could make a trade for Jordan. It's just a matter of matching up the numbers. And, and do you have a first-round pick? Because that's what Danny's put on him right now. Yeah. And I think somebody will pay it. Brent Burnett, what Ainge has also done is establish a Jazz as a threat, meaning he will take your spot in the playoff hunt or willing to lose if given a better future. I don't know that they're a, a threat on the basketball floor. I think night in and night out, like in a game like tonight, I would expect them to win by 10 points over Charlotte. Yeah. I, I And this run that they have coming up with all of these home games, I don't know how many people are looking at their schedule, but they have a run of games here at home leading up to the break that is really good for them. They're going to go to Portland on Wednesday, and then they don't leave again until after the break when they come out on um, – or no, excuse me, they go on that East Coast trip, excuse me, on Friday, February 10th. They don't leave until after the deadline. Yeah. So they're going to go to Portland on the 25th. They're not on the road again until February 10th. And that's at Toronto, New York, uh, Indiana, and Memphis. They end the first half at Memphis on Wednesday, February 15th. I mean, they, they have a really good schedule coming home. 
Charlotte at Portland, Dallas, Toronto, Atlanta, Dallas, Minnesota, all at home before they go back out. The day, yeah, Luca will be here. Luca will be here twice before they go back on the road. Um, the day after the deadline on the 10th. Yeah. So they don't play on the trade deadline. How different is this team heading east? I think it's I think it's going to be considerably different. I just and I know you guys don't care, but you know you when you talk to certain people around the league, you know the guys that have it and the guys that don't. You you like when you're talking to different people. The NBA sources that we have that I talk to the most, they're all saying the Jazz are big time sellers. And now the what the funny thing is is you can feel the momentum picking up. Because now we're not the only ones reporting that Jordan Clarkson is going to be traded. Yeah, I thought that was funny over the weekend. <laughs> now we're not the only ones reporting that Markkanen and Kessler are untouchable. Yeah. Now we are not the only ones reporting that, you know, for instance, you know, the Mike Conley to the Clipper deal or that, you know, Dallas is interested in Malik Beasley. Like, you can feel the momentum moving for the Jazz. And I think what's really interesting is I think Malik Beasley – is the hottest NBA name in trades right now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's his rise in the trade conversations has been nothing short of me, meteoric. It, it has been unbelievable. Uh, Tyler P says Hornets trying to pair Lamelo with Wemby. Well, they may get their wish. They're terrible. They are, ter- and it kind of. I still wonder. I still wonder what are they doing with Bridges? Their Bridges. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess that he's chilling until the offseason. I'm going to guess that that's going to be an under-the-radar thing. Just a guess, though. So you don't think he plays this year? No, I don't think he plays this year. I, I would think agree. he stays in shape. I think he spends time with Brickley, whatever, stays out of trouble. Uh, and then maybe he gets a chance next year. I, 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 it, just, it just seems like that. Like when, you, when, like when we go to the random Laker game while we're in L.A., and we walk into crypto and I see I see Buddy sitting baseline away from the bench, but on the Hornets side of the floor. And he's dapping it up with his teammates during the TV. Sitting timeout, with Scottie Pippen. Sitting with Scottie Pippen. Like, you know what that is. That is, hey, I'm suspended, but I'm still in good with the boys and, and I need to I need to, you know, just bide my time, stay in shape, keep the jumper wet, and we'll be fine. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that that Miles Bridges had, and if you guys don't remember, Miles Bridges had a heinous domestic violence incident. I mean, heinous, yeah. terrible. And he is really, he is really a guy that that you I, I think he's taboo. If, if if Trevor Bauer of the Dodgers can't get picked up. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that that Miles Bridges can? Come on now, I don't see that. But I guess my point is, yeah, is that when I look at 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 Miles Bridges, I wouldn't have him on my team. I wouldn't. And as wrong as things have gone in Charlotte, and the the news was that they were going to resign him. I think they got a real break that they didn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the, it it's is trouble when you have a guy on your team that has off the court issues. It's obviously not ideal. Yeah, I just I think that I would not have have picked him. And by up. the way, I think they've done a great job of of not having Lavar issues with Lamelo. I mean, you notice that Lavar hasn't been a problem, you know, while Lamelo's been there, which yeah. I think has been great. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, a couple more before football at fifty. Uh, Mesh, good morning to you, friend. He says I don't know much about Jovic, but he doesn't sound so appealing. 
Uh, he's 6'9", 200 pounds, and he's a ball handler. He can shoot it. He can finish at the rim. I mean, he's not the most physical player. He's not a Laurie Marketing that's going to dunk on you, but he is an able defender, Like, and he's 19 years old. I mean, he's a guy that... He's a guy that I think has tremendous upside. Yeah. I mean, his, he's clearly got an NBA handle. He's clearly got an NBA shot. I, I, I don't know what more you could yeah. you could want. Do your homework on him, man. You know, like, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Brent Burnett says, Clarkson will get a first-round pick. The real issue is he won't be traded, and the Jazz likely resigned for $20 million a year. I, I doubt that. I, I really doubt that. I think if, if it would be... A shocking misstep if the Jazz let him go to to unrestricted free agency this summer. Yeah, you're not doing four years and eighty million, Brent. I, you know, no. I, I, I'm not trying to hate on you, bud, but th they're not doing no. that. That's no. not happening. I, and, and I, I don't. Why would you pay him for uh, a twenty million dollars a year for four years? Why would you do that? He'll be thirty nine. I think isn't he? Thir or no, thirty five at that point. You're paying a 35-year-old Jordan Clarkson $20 million? Because your owner said he didn't want to trade him? Because no, your owner you're not likes him that. some Jordan Clarkson? You're not doing that. Yeah. It, there's no way. Uh, Brandon Butler says, Wasn't Donnie our untouchable this summer? No one is under No one is under Danny. Believe their actions, not their words. Yeah? Donnie wasn't. But Donnie wasn't. Dude, Donnie wasn't ever untouchable. I mean, Donnie was as untouchable as it gets for this organization. I would agree with you there. But let's not. let's not get this confused. I mean, there was always New York attraction for Donovan Mitchell. And then the New York thing fizzled out. And I think Donovan was the guy saying, Hey, like I'm not demanding a trade certainly, but you know, if you find a good fit, like let's do the thing. And and I think that Danny saw an opportunity, especially after what he got done in the Rudy deal and was like, you know what, we're going to do this thing and this is the route we're going to take. And now we're here. So I don't, I don't think it's a Danny is saying guys are untouchable and then they're not thing. I think that Danny swung a couple of big stick deals and you can't turn that down. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's go. Scoot Henderson. Hmm. Yes, I would take Scoot. Joshua the Baller says, would y'all draft Scoot over Wemby? All day, twice on yeah. Sunday. And I've seen Scoot in person now. And I mean, it's just no doubt about it. There's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Tyler P says Jazz uh, should want Scoot for sure. Jazz have zero shot at either Scoot or Wemby, so I'm really not caring too much. I actually think that's not the case. Yeah, that's not true, man. They have enough draft draft assets. If they get a fourth first round pick in this year's draft, they have three already. The Jazz have more than enough assets to acquire the first overall pick. Yeah, it's a matter of do they want that? And my guess would be no, they don't. That'd be my guess. The, my strictly a guess. No, I don't think anybody has a handle on where they are or what they're going to do in the draft. At least not for me. Football 5010 of the hour every hour on the Monty show presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Telling you man, everybody last hour was in on the meatballs. You should be if you're not getting the meatballs the meatball marinara. Bomb. And the thing is, they're versatile. They're versatile. You know what? They've got a skill set. Those meatball marinara's got a skill yeah. set that, you know, would make them better than Wemby. Yeah. Uh, because you can chop them up and put them on your pizza. 
You can certainly get the meatballs and put them in pasta. You can certainly get the meatballs and eat them as an appetizer, which is somebody I know does that, mainly myself. Um, But they're amazing. Any way you slice it. See what he did there? Any way you slice it. The meatball marinara at Papa Murphy's is where it's at. I love this conversation about firing Mike McCarthy. Um, Would you, would you... If you're if you're Jera, yeah, would you would you fire Mike McCarthy? Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't fire him straight up unless I had somebody as good or better than him to replace him with. So if you said to me, "Hey, Sean Payton's on the phone, want to get a five year deal done?" Okay, great. See you later, Mike. Good luck to you, Mike. Mike, you're out. See ya. Like that's just Keep a reality. You going. That's just a reality of the situation. You know, if I'm if you're saying to me, "Hey, like." Eric Bieniemy is calling and and wants to be your head coach. You know, yeah, I like Eric a lot. I like what he does in Kansas City, but I'm not quite sure that I'm ready to do that because Bieniemy's never been a head coach. He's never shown me that he can win playoff games. He's never shown me that he can that he can lead an organization in that way. So that's why I say it's a very touch and go thing. It's very situational. But if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm not. I'm not. Like last night, yes, I had to publicly say I'm not firing Buddy. But over the course of the offseason, I'm not going to sit here and salt my breakfast sandwich during press conferences and press availability and say, yeah, I'm not firing Mike. The reality is you're taking phone calls from Sean Payton. You're taking phone calls from Odell Beckham Jr. And you're going to try and build this team into what it needs to be. And that's just... That's just business in the NFL. So that's where that's how I think it's got to be. Yeah, I would absolutely fire Mike McCarthy if I could hire Sean Payton. I'm not firing for the end of game formation. I see everybody freaking out. Now, I would never put Ezekiel Elliott at center and have him run over by a linebacker. That's not how I would do it. Um, but I'm not firing him for that. I'm firing Mike McCarthy because Dak Prescott is not developed into an elite NFL quarterback. That was your job. Yeah. That's why I'm firing him. I'm cutting Ezekiel Elliott. I'm done. I'm not paying. I'm never getting to the point where I'm paying him 15 million bucks a year. His dead cap number is not extravagant. I would cut Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I would get Pollard back at a reduced number. He's got a broken leg, by the way, for all of you who saw that last night. Yeah. As soon as you saw Pollard go off the field in an air cast, you knew the leg was broken. Um, so yeah, I would I would absolutely cut Zeke. Repay or uh, re-sign Pollard. Pollard's uh, again. Pollard's cap number here. Like actually, technically, Pollard's an unrestricted. He free is going to be an yeah. unrestricted so, free like, agent. To me, yeah, the Pollard thing's tough, bro. That you're right. That is bad timing. But yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, this year you paid him. What you paid him? One point one million. You know, like he's not some way overpriced guy. But if I'm Pollard. I'm also trying to get paid three, four million instead of one point one. You know. Yeah, I think that this league doesn't pay NFL running backs anymore. I think somebody True. will probably pay him ten million dollars. I don't know if that'll be the Cowboys, but Dalton Schultz is far more valuable than Ezekiel Elliott. Dalton yeah. Schultz to me is a is absolutely a must. Um, I look at Donovan Wilson. I look at Leighton Vander Esch. I mean, they have a lot of work to do, and I think it should start with cutting Ezekiel Elliott because he just doesn't have the value that he used to have. Well, let's be real. Zeke hasn't been Zeke since they did hard knocks, right? Zeke hasn't been this prolific back 
since they did yep. Hard Knocks. And, and Hard Knocks, like, I'm not saying Hard Knocks is the reason Zeke lost a step, but the reality is, like, that's been the timeline. This whole thing about Dak and Zeke being best friends can't be a, can't be a thing when you're talking about cutting this guy. And at some point, you got to reach a conference championship game. As uh, Field Yates from ESPN tweeted last night, this is the 12th consecutive playoff appearance where the Dallas Cowboys have failed to reach a conference championship game. And by the way, that's their own continuing continuing NFL record. Yeah. So Mike McCarthy isn't fixing that. Sean Payton, I think, is rightfully so the hottest coaching candidate in the NFL. And if I – but again, but again, do you have the balls to make a coaching change? The Chargers did not. The Cowboys last night, Jarrett said God, last night Chargers. after the game that they won't Dude, make a Chargers. coaching change. That's Huge mistake. The Chargers. Huge mistake. Uh, Ken Williams says, LOL, Cowboys, who cares? Oh, I think a lot of people care. I think care. a lot of people care. LFG says, Jones often lies to the Dallas media. He does. And he also says, uh, so glad the Cowboys lost. Tyler P said, uh, Pollard, Tony Pollard will be has been better than Zeke for a while now. He Agreed. has. Kay Nuren says, go Niners. Greg Romano says, Mark Pope will leave BYU for another job at the end of the season. Could be. Sure. Yeah, I'd hire Mike Pope to coach the Cowboys. What do you think? What, what about Mark think? Pope? Uh, LFG says Elliot off-field headaches, too. Not much. Not much after college. Um, you know, uh, Joshua the Ball, uh, a member, our newest member, says Bengals are Chiefs. Bengals are 3-0 against it. I, I mean, with Patrick Dude. Mahomes limping around on one leg. Got to ride or die with Joe Burrow, man. You know. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, why is Sean Payton in, in such high demand? I mean, he won, but only won Super Bowl because he develops talent, period. He is a developer of talent. That's the bottom line. And if you're going to develop talent in the in the NFL, you're going to win. Yep. It's really that simple. And I mean, if you really want to win, um, you and I both know that you get the meatball marinara. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy marinara. marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Happy Monday, January 23rd on the Monty Show. Have you joined the membership group yet yeah, you should here on the program presented by the advocates theadvocates.com utah's best injury attorneys no matter where you are frankly though if you're in arizona if you're in vegas montana idaho make sure you hook it up theadvocates.com uh you never pay the advocates until they win your case so there are no big consultation fees or retainers they're not out for a payday with you. They're out to get you what you deserve. The advocates give you that one-on-one -on -one personal service that you need so much. When somebody looking at their cell phone hits you on your motorcycle, hits you on your bicycle, hits you in your car, you need help. You need somebody that understands how to navigate those cases. That's the advocates. They have years of experience. I've known Matt Triggs and the guys at the advocates for going on a decade now. I believe in them. I trust them. I know they've helped so many of our listeners. So make sure you check them out, theadvocates.com, where you don't pay them a penny until they win your case at theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney online for free 24 hours a day, 
seven days a week. Are you a member of the program? Oh, you're not. Well, you should be. Uh, check out our membership. It's $10 a month. It gets you exclusive access to content. Again, last night we put it in the Instagram chat first that, hey, the Jazz are struggling to get a first-round pick for Jordan Clarkson because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. So teams are a little hesitant to sign him or to trade for him, not knowing if they'll be able to sign him and then giving up a first-round pick to get the deal done in the first place. That was exclusive to our members first last night in our Instagram chat, which you get access to as a member of the program. You get an exclusive video every day. You get uh, access to discounts on our merch that we never drop, even though we designed a sweatshirt yesterday that's going to be amazing. Um, we'll have that up for you. You get Because we're only going to order 25 of those sweatshirts, the Monty Show casual sweatshirts that you guys have asked us for. They're hoodies. We're going to order 25 of them. You're going to get a three-day head start at a discount on those casual sweatshirts. If you're a member, you get a discount. If you're a member, you also get access to uh, our Monty Birthday Bash on March 10th. There's a promotion for spring training that nobody else even knows about unless you're in the members group. Hook it up. 10 bucks a month. Appreciate your support. Make sure you subscribe to The Monty Show. Let's see, where are we at on likes today, by the way? We're well over 1,000 views this morning. We only have 68 likes, please. Come on, people. If all 208 of you would hit the like button, that would be fantastic. Uh, what do we got? LFG says, uh, TBF to Elliot. To be fair. To be fair to Elliot. Yeah, see, I don't know the kid lingo. Uh, Cowboys had the number one NFL O-line during Elliot's first two seasons. But when you don't have the, the best O-line, don't your running backs have to do a little more? I mean, I would think that they do. Yeah. And he's just not that guy. He's a great goal line short down back. I'm not paying him $15 bucks on average for that. I'm not. Uh, that's just not the way I roll. Ken Williams says, Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Oh, I think their fan base is the biggest fan base in the NFL. Yeah. I, I don't even have doubt about that. That's just me. Uh, I think Lawrence is the franchise guy, Raphael. I'm confident that he and Doug Peterson will build something special on Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Uh, Raphael says, if you are the Jags, do you build around Trevor Lawrence? Well, I don't think you have any choice now. I mean, yeah. he showed you so much growth this year under Doug Peterson that you, I mean, you're not going to make a change at quarterback now. You know, like, I, I think you feel really good about him. Tyler P says, I'm rolling with Patrick, even 50% of what, whatever he is. I would agree with that. Here's a question for you. Let's spend a couple of minutes talking NFL playoffs. Who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Because I think I could fight you and win that Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think what we saw the last two seasons has been nothing short of spectacular. I have to believe that they're going to beat Kansas City because that defense is much better than people give him credit for. And I think he's got the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. I mean, I don't think anybody has any idea what T. Higgins is about. Right. I really don't think. I mean, I think everybody knows Jamar. I don't think anybody has any, any idea what T. Higgins is about. Right. Is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, right now... I think he's close. I think the only guy that you can make a case is ahead of him is Patty Mahomes. I would agree. Because, because Patty's just done some stuff and his level of excellence has been, you know, all you know, all league for how long now, you know? And I think to be the best, you gotta beat the best. And I think if 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 Burrow 
beats Mahomes this year, people are going to say, well, Mahomes wasn't healthy, but I also think it's going to go a long way to Burrow's case as being the best guy in the league. So then next year when they match up, because they will inevitably, you know, then if he beats him again, then, you know, that pretty much solidifies it. So to me, it's like, yeah, in my opinion, yeah, I think Burrow's the best quarterback in the league. I think Josh Allen disappointed. I think Josh Allen unfortunately just didn't deliver. What a and, huge disappointment. Yeah, and it's like, dude, like, I just look at Joe Burrow and, and, and you know, I see control. I see composure. I see his guys dying on a hill for him. Like, I see everything that you want to see in a franchise quarterback. The only thing he doesn't have is a Super Bowl, but he's already been to one, and he's not deep he, in his and career. He beat, and he beat Patrick Mahomes to get there. Yeah. I mean, if he beats Patrick Mahomes this year, it's going to be slighted because Patrick has the high ankle sprain. Yeah. But, I mean, if they're both 100%, man, I think it's a razor-thin margin. I'm probably leaning towards Patty Ice because he's got a ring. Mm -hmm. um, but I think Joe Burrow is a fabulous young quarterback, and I think they've done a really good job of building a team around him. I don't know that we talk about Joe Mixon enough. Um, you know, obviously, what he did yesterday, 105 yards on the ground, 20 carries, like he gives yeah. you everything that Zeke doesn't. Um, but I also think you look at, at, at guys like Hayden Hurst making plays for him. I think you look at, at the fact that Joe Burrow didn't have trouble throwing in the snow. And it's the one thing that is just so shocking about Josh Allen is I just thought he was average. I thought he was okay. Yeah. I thought, you know, like the interception wasn't the end of the world, but they could not get offense outside of him and, and, when you look at the Bills, your singular job is to stop Josh Allen. And you win the game. Put pressure on him. Blitz him. Blitz him from the edge. Blitz him using corners. Keep him in the A-gap. If you can keep him in the middle of the pocket and not let him step up and get outside or jump over guys, I thought Cincinnati did a great job bringing, bringing controlled pressure from the edge with with DBs, yeah. I, I I mean I I just thought they did a I thought they did a really good job of that, and you look at the the one sack, but the eight quarterback hits, yeah, I mean that is that is spectacular, and and the job that that defense does, the 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 you know the Von Bell's, the, I thought Eli Apple actually acquitted himself quite nicely. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who gets beat deep all the time, but I thought he played well. Jesse Bates talking a load of trash all day, I thought was great. Taylor Britt making plays. But this offense with Jamar Chase at the the top of the receivers with with T Higgins, I thought I thought Samaji Pirine had a really good game catching the football. Joe Mixon's a stud. Like Joe Burrow, it, it, I think is the best quarterback in the NFL right now today, man, I'd have a hard time picking Patrick Mahomes over Joe Burrow. Yeah. Just based on age, based on durability. And you know what I've always said? I'm a, I'm a big believer in a pocket quarterback, and that's what Joe Burrow is. Patrick Mahomes is always going to take extra hits that you don't like him taking. Frankly, it's what I don't like about Josh Allen. And you look around the league a little bit right now, I think there are some guys that are just like, I don't like Dak Prescott running. With the you look at that Tony Pollard broken leg. Yeah. Dak Prescott had a very similar injury. It's those guys that it's those guys that put their arms around your your chest and your hips and your waist and they drag and their body weight winds up on your ankles. Dude, that's I don't like that out of quarterbacks getting you know. hit. And I know that Joe had an awkward hit low, low to the low legs yesterday, but that 
Football hurts. That's an injury that you expect to happen to a pocket passer. But why has Tom Brady been so durable and played so many games? Because he's not out running his ass all over the place. (laughs) I'd much rather have my guy get hit in the pocket than hit out of it. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't want Lamar Jackson. Yeah, well, and that's kind of what. I, that's what we were. So in this Instagram chat that we have for members, we were discussing that yesterday. Like, if this had happened to Lamar Jackson, and let's say Lamar Jackson was the quarterback of the Chiefs, and this had happened, now what? Hmm. Because Lamar Jackson's not a prolific passer. He's not some you know five thousand yard savant in the passing game. You know, like he's a guy who obviously is run first, and you see that he's not playing. And he wasn't able to be there for his team when they needed him most this year. And so to me, it's like, I love, it's like, it's like this double-edged sword thing, right? Like, Hey, when Patrick is rolling and running and making all these ridiculous throws, we all love it. And he's an MVP and he's the Jesus Christ of quarterbacking. That's right. The reality is when you're out running and you're out trying to make plays, you're going to get popped. And that's the thing with Joe Burrow is he does run, but it's just for effectiveness. You notice that, he, he is really proficient at avoiding the big hit, the 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 Fred Warners laying him out. Like, you don't see that much, man. So to me, yeah, I do think you have to go with Joe as, as the best guy in the league, but I also understand if people would like to see him beat Patrick Mahomes again. You know, uh, uh, one of the things I would ask is, who's got the best receiver group in the NFL? I, I mean, I think obviously we can make an argument at Cincinnati, but you look at what Jacksonville runs out on a night-in, night-out basis. And I look at the years A. Jones had. Christian Kirk had a great year. Um, you know, Marvin Jones, I, I think, is a, Evan Ingram's a great tight end. I mean, I, I really like what they bring to the yard. But I will say, doesn't Patrick Mahomes make a guy like a Kadarius Toney, uh, make a guy like a Noah Gray, a Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, an Isaiah Pacheco, does he make them better? Because you you look at the way that they use the run game in Kansas City. It's it's nothing short of genius. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes makes that possible. He doesn't necessarily need the most talented receivers. He needs guys who can catch footballs. He needs guys who can run jet sweeps and misdirections. Yeah. That's part of their magic there. That's part of his magic. But when you look at really good receiver cores, you know, I I I look at what you have in Philadelphia, for instance. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, you know, I look at Dallas Goddard. I mean, I love him as a, as a tight end. I mean, those are three, three really good receiving options. Yeah. I look at Buffalo with, again, Dawson Knox, a really good tight end. But you, you look at Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, I think, is a wide receiver that nobody knows who that is. Nobody knows who Gabe Davis is. Yeah. I think those three... With Knox as the tight end, I think are really are really versatile. But Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst. Yes. I mean, they're they're deep. Yes. They're absolutely deep. Well, and I think that's why Diggs was so pissed on the sideline last night. Because he wasn't getting like there he wasn't getting that the the multiple opportunities to make that game breaking play. And to your point earlier, Josh was hesitating last night you know and and I don't know is that is that because of what he was seeing is that because of pressure I I don't know but the fact is is it's a it's a it's a you either did it or you didn't do it type league and and you know Diggs never had that huge game breaking play like we're accustomed to seeing and I look at 
look at look at the Bengals, and they had they had a couple of those bigger plays that really allowed them to take control. All of our football talk on the Monty Show presented by our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, BBQPitStop.com. Make sure you uh, get to their website. If you're, if you're not somebody that likes going into a store, order online from Barbecue Pit Stop. You can order. You can even go pick up your Traeger smoker, your big green egg, your, you know, whatever your flavor of life is, a yoder, whatever it might be, you can order ahead, order online and go pick it up. Or you can just walk into any of their five Utah locations. Logan, Layton, Lehigh, the Jeezy, St. George, and of course, Murray on State Street. Any of the Barbecue Pit Stop Utah stores, but no matter where you are, get to their website because when you hear the words barbecue pit stop, I want you to think best equipment in barbecue. There's no doubt about that. They're the best. But you're also getting the best service because the guys who work at barbecue pit stop, they're just fantastic. They can tell you everything you need to know about pairing the best seasoning. It's asado. We already know that. With wings, like I made drums yesterday, crushed it, crushed it. You know what? I made eggs yesterday morning. Me and Mrs. Monty now have this Sunday morning routine where we make breakfast together. And I put some asado on my, I made those uh, Pillsbury Grand Muffins, uh, the bake-up muffins, egg sandwiches. So I put a little asado seasoning on my eggs, put a tomato on there, put a little, little butter spray. That asado seasoning is versatile. It goes with breakfast, lunch, or dinner, wings. I'm telling you. That asado seasoning on wings yes. is amazing. They can tell you, hey, I'm making a brisket. How, how do I season that? Hey, I'm making, I'm making some tomahawks on the, on the Traeger tonight. What do I season that with? Hey, you know, I happen to be a pork chop guy. I love me some pork chops. You know, I, I really would like to make a marinade for my pork chops. Bam, here's how you do it. They've got the expertise. So not only do they have best equipment, they have the best rubs, sauces, spices, They've got the expertise to leverage all of that. Mm -hmm. That's why you go to Barbecue Pit Stop. And, oh, by the way, each one of them are independently owned and operated. They're local entrepreneurs, man. Hook it up. Shop local at Barbecue Pit Stop and BBQPitStop.com. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Floatin' Joe says, Super Chicks is next level. Big thanks for the recommendation. New cheat meal spot, no doubt. Yep. I'm telling you. Yep. It's really yep. they, that. What did you get? What did you get? What did, did you, you get? Go, did Super you go Chips. Super Parm or what did you? What did you end up getting? Because I'm telling you, make sure you get the ranch dressing. They 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 put. No, I mean, it's crack cocaine. I mean, let's be honest. No, like the ranch no, dressing it's is, not crack cocaine. It is Colombian pure. Oh my bad, my bad. My Don bad. Johnson and B12. Miami Vice style. Johnson. You know. Yeah. You know. You know. Uh, Eric C. Good morning to you, birthday boy. Hope you had a good birthday, Eric. He said, "Until Burrow wins, he's just a guy that got close, but no cigar. See, no Better cigar. Those he, refunds because he's see what he did there. No cigar, smoking Joe. It kind of all works together. I like it, Eric C. I like it a lot. Um, Tyler P. Says, "Oh, you got eggs. You must be a baller. Hell yeah, yeah big egg shortage right now. Hell yeah, there is, but it's coming back around. You know what I did? Call me crazy. I, I, they were sold out at Costco last time we were there." So when I was at Harmon's, they had those big 36, the, ones. the ones that yeah. are in that big styrofoam case, 36 cage-free eggs, boom, done. Just about out, though. Just about out, though. So you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ken Williams says, Minnesota A.J. Hawkinson? Uh, you mean T.J. Hawkinson? Uh, are pretty good. T.J. Hawkinson is good. Yeah, you know, the problem with the Vikings... 
this is another one of those. Is it the quarterback or is it the receiver? It's the organization, bro. I think it's the organization. There's not. They just. I like Cousins. You're not that guy. I like Justin Jefferson. I do think he's that dude. But the problem is, is you got to have. It, it, it goes back to this corny ass classic conversation of you either have that it factor in your locker room or you don't. And the Vikings just don't seem to ever have that. And I don't know. Like, yeah, in reality, it's probably a combination between Kirk and in in ownership and GM and the way the Kevin team's O'Connell. put together. Yeah, you know what I mean? Their like, receiver, Justin Jefferson, I think. Stud. I think he's stud. the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, stud. Uh, 1,809 yards receiving. Yeah, dude, stud. Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, and T.J. Hawkinson. And then, by the way, I, I still say that Dalvin Cook is the most Stunt. underrated back in the NFL. Way better than Zeke, dude. I'm tired of the comparison. He's an 1,100-yard rusher and a 300-yard receiver. Yeah. I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is legit. I just don't know that he's the guy you turn to when you want to win a Super Bowl. He's the guy you turn to when you want to go to the playoffs and make your money as an owner, but you don't care about Super Bowls. 4,547 yards, 29 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Maybe. Good, not great. I know. Maybe you shouldn't be dancing on airplanes topless with chains until you actually win something. Well, there is something to that. There is something to that. I just don't, I don't know, man. Come on. I don't know. I, I think there's, it's a really interesting conversation about receiver groups. And I think there's a lot of good ones right now. The Bears have none, so we don't talk about the Bears. Uh, <laughs> LFG says Vikings need a QB. Vikings have talent on that roster. They do. But they're bringing they're bringing him back, they're bringing him back. Uh, Tyler P says Vikings. It's the QB for sure. Cousins just isn't good enough. He's forty five hundred and forty seven. He's yards. no Derek Carr, but he'll do. Like, what's an upgrade to to Kirk Cousins? Is Dak Prescott an upgrade to Kirk Cousins? Yes, he is. Yeah, absolutely he is. Yeah, Kirk Cousins isn't a bad quarterback, but again, when we talk about when we talk about things like. I look at the Vikings on defense, and again, not for nothing, are they good enough on defense? <coughs> are, you, are you really telling me that you don't miss Anthony Barr on that defense? Yeah, you do. Are you really telling me that Zadarius Smith, who's probably not going to go back there, are you really telling me that you're going to be able to replace him? Are you really telling me that you know Jordan Hicks, a guy that bounces around, like, I don't think you have it on that defense. Yeah. And that's just me. And I understand that you're, you know, like Patrick Peterson played at a very high level. I think you have one of the best safeties in the business in uh, my R&We, the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame alum, Harrison Smith. Uh-huh. But I think that secondary lacks. And I think that they could be better. I don't know, man. I, I know that I have been a long-suffering Kirk Cousins supporter. Way back to our days at the crappy radio station in Scottsdale with good old, the late, great Napa Mike. Right. Who hated Kirk Cousins. I guess I'll just defend Kirk Cousins until the death because I think the guy is not the biggest problems they have. P2 effect is definitely the real deal. You know, P2, dick. Uh, Tom says Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl with the Vikings team. Oh, please. Just like please. Brett, just like Brett Favre did. Please. Brett Favre. Favre, nice thumb. Please. Um, Dude. Is he an upgrade to Kirk Cousins? No, he's not. You don't think he not is? Not at this time in his career. No. No. Okay. Because you know what my problem is? 
everyone wants to say, oh, Aaron had nothing to work with, and Aaron's got a garbage team. And it's like, no, dude, he doesn't have a garbage team. Are they young? Yes, they are young. Yes, they are. But that doesn't last an entire season, dude, right? Like, Jamar came into the league. Jamar Chase comes into the league and absolutely mm. dominates. And I know Watson's no Jamar Chase, but he'll do. That guy came alive in but the Christian second half. Christian Watson is a stud. Yeah, dude, Christian Watson, and, and again, I just ask, how many years in a row is the best receiver going to walk away from Green Bay? Yeah. Because Alan Lazard's as good as gone. Yeah. We know that. I'm telling you that Aaron Rodgers is the problem in Green Bay. And I'm not going to go on some whole long soliloquy about how his family hates him and he's always banging a new movie star and then she hates him. And, yeah, I've been immunized. You know, I'm not going to make it personal with that guy, Aaron Rodgers, and his ayahuasca and stuff. But <laughs> Alan Lazard, for the second year in a row, their leading receiver is going to walk away. Alan Lazard's a, a 60 catch, 788, and six touchdown guy. He is hands team, bro. Is that Alan Lazard's fault that he didn't get to 1,000 or is that Aaron Rodgers? Where is because a Aaron right now? Aaron Rodgers, 3,695 yards in 17 games. He played every game. 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. <coughs> and you're going to tell me the receivers have fallen off when it's Lazard, Watson, and Robert Tunyon. Those are, that's not a bad top three. And Randall Cobb was your hand-picked guy that you had to have. And don't tell me you can't run the football when you have A.J. Dillon. I know that he's not the most versatile back. But you that also, guy's but a no, wrecking no. ball, it's dude. Not, it's not A.J. Dillon. It's Aaron Jones, Come on. who's one of the best two-way running backs in the NFL. The guy yeah. can... How many receiving yards did Aaron Jones have? 59 catches, 395 yards, and five touchdowns. Never mind, he also ran for 1,121 yards and, and two touchdowns. You, it, it, that's the issue. You had 12 rushing touchdowns all season because yeah. that offense is built around a guy who can't do it, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I've been immunized. He ain't that dude anymore. Yeah. He ain't that dude anymore. Uh, LFG says, Jared Goff, don't, don't. LFG, why would you light the fuse on Jared Goff like that? Y'all feel me? Tom says, they were young and injured most of the season. They did well by the end of the year. The reality is... You had a chance to get into the postseason, and Buddy didn't get it done. So who was young and injured most of the season? Because Christian Watson played 14 games. Alan Lazard played 15 games. Tunyon played all 17. Aaron Jones played all 17. So, so, who, so who was injured? This, this narrative, again, you want to talk about the O-line? Okay, that's one thing. But this narrative that they were hurt all year is trash, with all simple. due respect. The Green Bay Packers were not injured all year long. And with all due respect. They just weren't. They weren't. Um, <laughs> Josh the Baller says belly button. I don't know uh, what that means. Okay. okay. Tyler P says Rodgers needs to let Green Bay move on. He does, but but what are we going to do? Oh, well, you know, I'm going to need to go back and, and drink the hippie lettuce, and I need to think about where things are in my life. Yeah, I've been immunized. And he's going to hold them hostage all summer long. Yep. like he does every year. And at some point, Green Bay is just going to have to get their onions up, which they won't, and cut him. Pack your shit. Let's go. And why don't they have a backup quarterback? Because they don't want to hurt Aaron's feelings. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. No one quarterback is bigger than your organization. Unless you're smoking Joe. Are you drafting a quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers? I'd have told you to do that two years ago. Now, when they did it with Jordan Love, it was probably a mistake. But at some point, you got to plug a guy in 
because quarterback decline is very rapid. It's not long-term. Yeah. Very rapid. Garrett Myers, a member of the show. Garrett Mears, a member of the show, says Rodgers needs to retire. He was overthrowing and underthrowing receivers all year. He just wasn't great. Yeah. He wasn't great. Um, LFG says Goff greater than Cousins. Yeah, I would think so. Probably, yeah. I would think so. Although, has Cousins been to a Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. I don't think Cousins has ever made it to the Super Bowl. I don't believe so. Uh, The Packers offensive line is atrocious, Eric and Raleigh says. Sure. Sure. But there are a lot of atrocious offensive lines. I mean, anyway. Uh, Brother says, I'm so happy the Cowboys got eliminated as a Giants fan. Well, welcome to the jailbreaker now, you you with us. No offense, I just don't like the Cowboys. Grab some milk and ride the cowgirl. Wow. Okay. Wait, did the okay. Giants did the Giants even play this weekend? No, I think they not, I think they they didn't make the, the Giants make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Um I could be wrong. You know. <coughs> I mean the Eagles played. Yeah, I mean the Eagles looked fine. You know, the Eagles look good. You know. By the way, um, I will again say Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the future there. Um, and if you're one of the idiots that thinks the Giants were disappointing, I love how over the weekend I flip on the radio on Fox Sports Radio and I hear, oh, this puts a real black cloud over the Giants season. Are you kidding me? Oh, what are you talking about, man? Are you kidding me? They went back to the playoffs. Saquon's healthy. You have your starting quarterback of the future. And there's a black cloud over a team that wasn't expected to be anything. And oh, by the way, Brian Dable's the next great giant head coach. Yeah. What do you mean there's a black cloud over this team? Look at me. Are you serious? Like, you, you, I would agree. You've got to find, you've got to go out and find a, a number one receiver. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. But are you really telling me that you don't, this was a positive Good season for the the New York football Giants. Football. Come on now. What are we talking about? Um, whoa. Comment up. Tom says Brock Purdy a legit stud. Well, now he is. His ability to throw the football away is unbelievable. It's real. He makes really good decisions. Pied Piper, a member of the program. What's up? Says, is there a different way to keep up on uh, keep up on member updates? I can't follow the Instagram chat at times. Maybe a different chat for discussion and channel updates. Well, I mean, the big updates will always be in the member exclusive videos. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but no, I think your member videos in the Instagram chat is pretty much that's what that's we have. I mean, I think that I, I I think you know, like if you. What I would recommend is if you're not able to check in on the chat on a daily basis, which is kind of what it takes to not miss those things, just ask. Just go into the chat and ask, hey, has there been, was there, did I miss any updates on the Jazz? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You can, not at you all. You can always ask, hey, did I miss anything? Just People all the time in the chat, in the Instagram chat will say, hey, I just jumped back in. Any what news or anything, what I miss. So there's no problem saying that. Yeah. By the way, we're at 85. We're almost at 1,500 views on the show today. We have at 85 likes. If 185 of you who are here watching right now could smash that like button, that would really help us grow the channel. And we're getting close Bro, to that. We're, we're getting close to 10,000 subs, by the way. We're at 97.93. So we're just short. We're just short of 9,800. Yeah. Um. I have to think. Yep. I have to think. Yep. Man, maybe this week. 
Maybe this week. But if you all hit the like button right now. That would really help. That would help. LFG says I mashed the like button. Appreciate that. There you go. There you go, guys. We're getting up to 89 now. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, all right, a couple more. Um, Kane Nuren says Tom on the Jets equals Super Bowl. Stop. Stop. No. <laughs> no. Tyler P says Giants and Jags were both huge surprises. Nobody had them in the playoffs. I agree. True. I agree 100%. Louis Capazzo, what's up? Come on, people. I showed up late and 190 of us watching and only 86 of us hit the like button. Get it done. That's what I'm saying. Get it done, man. Totally agree. Help us get to 10,000 this week. Absolutely. Totally agree. Let's hook it up uh, here on the Monty Show. Um, I don't... I, no, I'm not going to do it. All I'll say is join the membership. Yeah. I was going to bait the hook a little bit and, you know. It's worth your time, bro. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't it, it, Join the membership. It's all good. Uh, here on the Monty Show. Hey, don't forget Jazz and uh, Charlotte tonight. By the way, speaking of the chat, uh, we will absolutely be doing Jazz and Charlotte chat tonight. Everybody gets in there uh, and talks up the the Jazz, who are eight-point favorites tonight hmm. on 236-and-a-half. Yeah. That number right there is kind of crazy because that you're thinking 118 points per so you're thinking like less than 110 points for Charlotte. I mean, you have to be bad offensively. Yeah, I think they're expecting a bad Charlotte team. I mean, Charlotte's winning percentage is 270, bro. Like they're yeah, they're, they're awful. They're awful. I mean, they're winning less than three games out of every ten they play. And I think, you know, I look yeah. at this Jazz team, and you know, they got these guys have something to play for. Like if you're Malik Beasley. And you're you're going through this trade window. You know you got something to play for. You know you need to be knocking down shots and, and contributing. And I look at I look at the Jazz and and I think Laurie is really trying to solidify his way onto that All Star team. You know, like I look at Walker Kessler. It's no secret that he's the starter now. But don't get comfortable, right? Hey, you didn't make it this far not to not to keep working hard. So to I'm me, I'm the starter now. Yeah, it. This is watch. Look at me. I am the starter now. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so So I just, I, I think this Jazz team is invigorated right now. I think they got energy. They're ready to go. They've had a couple days off here. Like, I would guess that they would play really well tonight. Yeah, I wonder, LaMelo's not going to play, obviously. But they have, size is going to be an issue for the for the Jazz tonight because they run out, you know, P.J. Washington, Plumlee, Gordon, Terry Rozier, they beat Atlanta the other night, 122-118. And Atlanta was healthy and got big performances out of Hunter, Young, and Murray and still lost. Yeah, I mean, the guy for for Charlotte is P.J. Washington, right? Like, he's the guy. Again, remember when we we saw this team in person play against LeBron and the Lakers at Crypto, P.J. Washington always finds a way to be open in the corner. Always. You will see, I'm telling you, and I'm not saying I sit here and I watch Hornets basketball every single night, but I do watch enough to know that plus-minus number of threes for him in the corner is five. If he makes more than five, you're going to lose that game. If- Four or seven for uh, P.J. Washington the other night from three, 23 points. Yeah. The guy that worries me is terrible, Terry. When oh. Terry Rozier gets rolling, I'm surprised the Clippers haven't gotten him yet. You know what I want? I want Ochai against Terry Rozier. I want, yeah, you're I not want to get that. I want to see it. I think I think Ochai hat would have trouble with Terry. 
I don't think I, – I, you don't have a matchup for that. And, and by the way, if that game in Atlanta the other night didn't show you why they need Clarkson and Beasley. Yeah. I mean, there are so many trades that make sense. It makes my head hurt. Well, there's a lot of teams that are close. There's a lot of teams like, like Atlanta, right, around the league where it's like, hey, if I just had JC for 20 off the bench every night, damn, what would that do for our team? By the way, speaking of close. Yeah. And it's hard for me to do it on this show. Right. You guys watching the way that Royce is shooting threes? Don't. Please. He's knocking them down. He's 4-7 for 16 points last night, and that went over Golden State. And he's a guy. Yeah. By the way, I, if you don't like Nick Claxton, you're not a basketball fan. That team's good. And they're doing this with Ben Simmons playing 30 minutes, 7 points, and 11 assists. They're good. I'm telling you they're good. And once they get Kevin Durant back, I think you have to think about I think you have to think about how that rotation looks. Yep. I think when Kevin Durant's there, Ben Simmons is a far better player. But Kyrie Irving is balling. Look at their starters, though, right here. Who are you going to sit? I mean, you're you going to sit Joe Harris. No, you're going to sit Joe Harris. You're going to sit Joe Harris. Joe, I think they're going to trade Joe Harris. He's another name I hear a lot about in trades. I think they're going to trade Joe Harris. And I think they are absolutely going to... I think the, they're absolutely going to they're going to win the East. That starting 5, the issue with that starting 5 that or the issue that starting 5 presents for teams trying to defend them is its speed and length. Like a lot of teams have length but they're slower, a lot of teams don't have See, size and they're faster. And then you like, can always count on Brent Burnett to drop a Nets are better off without Durant. Dude, what are you doing? Like what are you doing? What what, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? I, I, that like see it's that comment that but, like, just I'm is gonna like I'm going to need no, like that is so silly. I'm going to need to hear why. I need to know what please please enlighten me to why any team in the NBA is better without Kevin Durant. <laughs> Josh the Baller says Hornets are a poverty franchise. Oh god, is so is this is this Are the you are you duck season now? What are you talking about? Uh LA or Vegas, they both fit the Wilsons. Yeah, seriously. Well, uh Brent says Jazz might win by 30. Now Brent, I I'm going to need I'm going to need a, a, a KD explanation bro. Uh, the jazz need play like killers and not play down to the hornets well that's for sure that is for sure um tom says who in who is the nfl team most like the jazz oh, oh man, man. Like, the chicago bears right now <laughs> yeah i mean that's you know uh ron nolan says bait Come join the, the full Monty plunge. Members only, life-changing. I'm telling you, dude, the, the members only thing is, it, it just... It is. It's valuable. It's not like we... we So we didn't even... Like, we've only been able to offer memberships for like a month. Like, memberships a month. are a new thing on this show. Or maybe it's been two weeks. This is our second thing. week offering full memberships on the show. Yeah, so like the membership thing is not something where we're like, oh, we're desperate for the money or like... It's not like that. We're just trying to provide people... More value and, and give you guys more access. That's it. And the That's cold it. plunge thing, there is no better example of it than the cold plunge thing. There is a group of us, I, and I know we have 60-something members now in the, in the Instagram chat or whatever it is, but there's probably 20 or 30 of us that are cold plunging, you know, four or five days a week right now. And it's something and we talk about. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Tanner Plummer says, I tried a cold shower and I only lasted for 30 seconds. That's okay, man. That's okay. That's and again, cool. if you know what we're talking about, so I, I get up very early every day. I get up at, at between 3.30 and 3.50 every day. Um, and 
I had been struggling at like 11 o'clock in the morning not to be drowsy. And so I've really worked on my habits and everything from nutrition, which I'm up and down on, to taking vitamins, supplements. And so I was looking for ways to improve my sleep so that I could be more alert through, through the days. And this guy, Dr. Huberman, on, on Instagram and, and YouTube, you should absolutely be following him. I found him talking about cold plunging, which is submerging yourself in cold water in a tub up to your chin. Yeah. That's the ideal way to do it. Hands, feet, up to your chin. Everything underwater, right up to your chin. Well, I don't have a, a, a tub or a cold plunge tub. So he said the second best way to do it is a cold shower. And his, his recommendation is you take your normal hot shower and then end your shower on the coldest water you can physically tolerate. And so that's what I started doing a week ago yesterday. And I started it, I think my first one was like 45 seconds, but it wasn't good. Dude, like I was trying to get out like... But my second one was a minute solid. Yeah. By the end of the week, I was up to 90 seconds. And then this morning, I did a full two minutes um, and plus change. This morning was the coldest water I've ever used. Because, you know, in your shower, you can make it a little cold or a lot cold. Right. And what I've been doing is following Dr. Huberman's direction to the, to the letter. Just adjust the water and adjust the time. So as you get more comfortable with it, Make the water colder, go for a longer time. So this morning, it was the coldest water I've ever felt. Yes, and, yes, yes. And so what I do is I stand in the shower. I, I take a really hot shower, which I love. I like love a good hot shower. shower. Normal shower, And yeah. th then I put my phone on my toilet sits right next to my shower stall. So I put the phone on the toilet and I start a timer. And what happens is I'll turn the water all the way down. I'll turn, the, I have a body sprayer. I turn the sprayer to the wall. I turn the water as low as I can handle it. Hit start, and then it's a mental game for me. It's that fight of, well, now you got to put the cold water on yourself. How long is it going to take me to do that? Usually it's one or two seconds. This morning I just did it. Like didn't hesitate at all. I turned the thing, and the water hits me like in the face and on the chest is where I start. And it was so cold this morning that it like I could feel pain in my collarbone and my shoulders. And so I just put my face in the water and dunked my head and it was just cold. And once you get control of your breath, which is the other thing that this Dr. Huberman is huge on, control your breathing. And he even does a whole thing about how to breathe right and, and it works. And this morning I did about 220, 235 under the cold water. The timer stopped at two minutes, but it just was awesome, dude. And what happens is you figure out right away you're wide awake because it pushes chemicals into your body, right? Dopamine, other chemicals. That's why you're doing it. The cold water is an intentional maneuver to create a chemical reaction in your body. Yeah. But what it really does is it makes you tougher mentally because you want to turn the water off. The first, that last week, every day I was fighting to turn the water off. Like, I want to turn it off. I want to turn it off. I want to make it warmer. And you don't do it. And it builds this mental resilience. Thanks. So Saturday, I went snowboarding and then I got in the cold shower. 
And I crushed it. I did a minute and 45 seconds. And it was almost too easy. And I made the water a little colder and did another minute. And that was really hard. But the whole time, it's like, okay, now you're in here. Now I'm not fighting anymore to turn the water off. I'm not looking at the clock so often. Now I'm really focused on my breathing, focused on controlling my mind. So now on the days that I cold shower in the morning, I don't get tired at 11 o'clock. Wide awake. On the days I cold shower, I sleep much better the following night. So tonight I expect to have a good night of sleep. Right. Because what it's doing is, hey, it's the morning time, cold shower, huge flush of like dump of dopamine into your system. Yeah. So now you're mentally sharper. You're mentally ready. You're more awake throughout the day because it tells your body, well, hey, dopamine, dopamine, adrenaline, adrenaline. It's morning time. We got to get going. And then throughout the day, you don't need to dump dopamine. You don't need to pound caffeine. Just ease through your day. And I'm telling you, it's, the, it, it's, it's game changing. And you can laugh at it. And I know it's crazy. I'm telling you, it's game changing. It's absolutely game changing. And it just... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm telling you. All right, let's see. Uh, Brent Burnett says, Durant wishes he never left the Warriors. Completely false. He's addressed that exact thing 100 times. Jazz, like many NFL teams. Kane Nuren says, yes, the Nets from the East or, the, or was that Minnesota? Never getting away from it, Jake. Yeah, you're right. never getting away from you know, it. You know, you know my thing. You know what my thing is with that now. Now you guys got to be better because now that's that's an old tried joke. The tried joke, you know, like it doesn't even bother me. Jake one time mistakenly tried. said Minnesota was in the East like a year ago. Yeah, before the Rudy trade. That's how old it is. Yeah. Uh, Josh the Baller says the Jazz have won the most games in the NBA in the last thirty years. I'm sure, they have. What does that all mean? Yeah. I mean, where are the championships? Did they just not hang championship? Anyway, uh, Ken Williams says, let's hope Hardy freaking learns to run his offense through Rudy Gay. What a dumb move. Oh, my God. Saturday night, the Jazz running their <laughs> offense through Rudy Gay was <coughs> with Laurie Markkinen wide open on the other side of the floor. And Rudy Gay didn't make a single shot. It was so frustrating to watch. So frustrating to lost. Uh, Scammer Trolling says, Bill Pierce once did the polar bear challenge for 20 seconds at Camp Lowell. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Wayman, good morning, Mr. Member. He says, morning, guys. Yesterday was 10 straight days of cold plunge in a tub outside up to the chin. It's amazing. Yes! And I've told my wife, I'm buying a $5,000 cold tub at some point. I'm going to do it because I am, I am in the routine now. Now, if I don't do it, like it, it, it bothers me if I don't do it. Uh huh. So I'm with Teddy. Like it's got to be a daily thing for me. And the but cold, you like that on a lot of stuff, right? Like it's yeah, it's, it's easier. Maybe not easier. Easier is the wrong word. But like it feels weird if you don't do something each day. Like it's odd. Yeah. If I miss vitamins, I feel awkward. Like if I don't take my vitamins in the morning, which I almost never miss them, um, it'll be like you forgot your wallet at home. If I don't take my vitamins, I, I take liquid carnitine. Um, by the way, you can still go to, somebody asked me yesterday on Twitter, I think it was, uh, if, the, if I still have a discount code at Max Muscle in South Jordan. Yes, we do. Uh, you go in there, you tell them you heard about, hey, I heard about this on the Monty Show. Uh, their Surge Supplement line, the BCAs from Surge Supplement are the best in the business. Go to surgesupplements.com or just go to, go to see uh, Caitlin at um, Max Muscle in South Jordan. Tell her, hey, I heard about you guys on the Monty Show, and they'll give you a discount. 
They will give you a discount on your on your purchase and surge supplements, but there's something called liquid carnitine, liquid carn. It's a it's a it's a thing that's already in your body. It helps transport fat. It's amazing. But I will also say that one of the things that the cold plunge does is once you get up to between 11 and 15 minutes a week in cold water, it does trim you down because it changes the way your body uses fat too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Ken Williams again says, no thanks on the cold showers. No thanks. I'll walk outside. Uh, it, it, I'll walk outside. It's 10 outside. Do it. Do it. But can you take your clothes off to a reasonable level outside? Because that's what you need. Uh, Brent Burnett says, if Durant never come... If Durant never coming, then why we have so many picks and wins? Got to change our attitude and go for real players. I have no idea what I you're talking about. I just don't know what that means, man. Drug use is not good in the morning. Uh, Floating Joe. <laughs> Floating Joe. What's up, Joe? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Says, you're straight wild. When as cold as the shower would allow for the first time and was screaming in the shower, maybe lasted 30 seconds. I'm the type that won't do non-heated swimming pools. Joe? Work with me for a week, man. Just give it. If I said to you a week from now, you'd be doing a minute and a half in a cold shower. Come on, man. You will. If you get under that cold water, and I'm not telling you it's easy. Yeah. I'm not telling you it's easy. But how long are you going to go making excuses about why you can't do things? Mm -hmm. And not you specifically, Joe, but just in general. How long are we all going to go making excuses as to why we can't do things? How Have you today done the daily ritual of texting somebody you care about and saying, hey, I love you. Hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, best friend I haven't talked to in six weeks. I'm thinking about you, man. Hey, honey, my wife, I love you. Hope you have a great day. Are you doing that on a regular basis? Pick up your phone and do it now. I'll do it. I'm telling you. It's stuff like that that creates habits where, you know what? You, you just have to do things mm -hmm. that you don't want to do. You have to do things that you don't want to do. Yeah, and I think the cold water thing is really interesting because it's it's like it's one of those few things I feel like in the health and wellness field where you can really start to see progress pretty quickly. Like, you know, like with lifting weights as an example, strength training. It takes time to see progress. It takes time to see, you know, more developed arms or stronger legs or like you know what I mean? Like it takes time, but with the water thing you will start to see mentally you are able to push more and it doesn't take forever. That's right. Greg Hawkins says after moving back, he lived in the Philippines for years. I had one of my first hot showers in years and I just can't go back to cold showers. Misery. We did cold showers because we had no hot water. Love you, dude. That's so real. That is so real. Tyler P says, uh, watching the jazz team hero ball when Laurie just stands in the corner is infuriating. It drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Uh, Brosif says, welcome to the show, Brosif. Uh, is it Rudy Gay like 40 now? No. Come, don't be a dick. You know he's 53. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well be, right? Uh, but he is see. 36 years old. So you were right, Brosif. Uh, SLC Pea Shooter says, $5,000 cold tub. What am I missing here? Well, what it is, is it is a, it, it's crazy expensive, but it's worth it. It's a cold tub that's piped. You put it on your patio piped. or wherever you want to put it. It's got a chiller on it. And so what you're paying for is the tub and the chiller and you, you wire it, you put plumbing to it, you put electrical to it and it always delivers you cold water. Always. Now don't be an insane guy like fricking Teddy Wayman 
who the other day got in 34 and a half degree water. <coughs> Do some research and talk to your doctor because that, dude, you got to be careful with how cold that water is. Uh, let's see. Lewis says, Monty, you're turning into a dopamine junkie. Well, I'm telling you, half the reasons we've talked about doing the show in the afternoon is so I can sit in front of uh, sunshine for the first 15 minutes of my day. Thanks. Because the real thing is take that cold shower and then sit in the sunlight for, for 15 minutes and see how that resets your body. Cause it works. It works. Uh, Ken says, I'll keep my hot tub. I love my hot tub. I absolutely Stay love my to hot it, tub. Ken, I love you, bro. I have a hot. The Wayman brothers put in my hot tub on my patio. I love it. I absolutely. Yep. We don't get in it enough now, but I love it. Mrs. Motsi's broken arm is she's kicking ass in rehab. I'm looking forward to her sleeping better. She has such a tough time sleeping. I feel bad for her. When that water runs down your back, I want to KMS Josh the It's tough. Uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting about the cold showers. It makes my head tingle, like my entire scalp tingles. Yeah, and it it's painful on your upper back, your your neck, your upper back. But those are the areas that really need it because you have a lot of glands in, you know, important parts in your brainstem. Yeah, and in your brain that create the reaction. It it is not fun. I'm not telling you it's fun, but it's transformative. Uh, Brosif says, as a Suns fan, I'd love to trade with Vanderbilt and Beasley. Thoughts what you would want for that? Well, you know what? I, I think that three-team trade that was very close um, six weeks ago, and then they tried to redo it last week. The problem is the Phoenix Suns don't want to give up a first-round pick in that deal. Yeah. And until the Suns want to give up a first-round pick, because now that the new owner's involved, I and although he's not fully the owner, that transfer of power's not happened, that he is in Phoenix and he is involved in basketball ops there now, that's a big deal. And I think when you look at what you would have to give up, I mean, if you're Phoenix, my guess is Jay Crowder. If you had to, if I had my feet to the fire today, I think he ends up in Milwaukee. Yeah. I think Milwaukee is so hot after Jay Crowder right they now. They need it. I think Jay Crowder would wind up in Milwaukee. The question is, does, does Phoenix want a guy like a, I don't know, who do you even tell Bobby Portis? Does Phoenix want a, you know, like it's a matter of what you want off that roster. Because it's never just the guy you want, right? You're always no. going to have to take that secondary piece to make the deal happen. But again, I, I still maintain that when you look at the, the um, and I had a video of Danny talking about trades, but I don't know what I did with it. But if you look at the way Danny Ainge has gone about his business in the NBA, he does not trade lightly. Yeah. And I think that the team, the deal with with uh, excuse me with Phoenix and Atlanta and the Jazz makes all the sense in the world that you know you would have wound up with Dario Saric and John Collins on the Jazz, a first round pick from Phoenix and a second round pick from Atlanta. Um, Atlanta would have essentially ended up with a package of players, including Malik Beasley, um, and then I think you and Jay Crowder. And I think in Phoenix, you'd ended up with Jared Vanderbilt and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah. And I think that trade makes all the sense in the world because you don't have a tenacious defender like Vanderbilt. Now, he's really limited offensively, but he's a really tenacious defender. And I think Bogdan Bogdanovich playing your wing makes you a much better basketball team and makes Devin Booker a much more, you know, efficient player. Yeah. So I think that trade makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. 100%. You know? Yep. Eric C. says, Greg Hawkins, my Filipina ex, would attest to that about cold showers for sure. Uh, DB 
tease says the day I take a cold shower is the day the Utah Jazz win a championship. I'm telling you, man, open your mind. Uh, Tom says, can I just get a cow's water tub and some ice? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. A lot of people do that. Uh, Court McMullen, please, for the love of all things uh, holy, start doing this show in the afternoon. I, I only ever wake up in time for the last hour of the show. In God's name, image, and likeness. You might get what you asked for. Lewis says the cold water is good to get the arthritis inflammation under control. I mean, it does a lot. And beyond the fact that it, it causes a chemical reaction, it absolutely reduces inflammation in your joints and your organs. Um, it, it really, if you can get up to 11 minutes in a cold shower or cold tub, it transforms the way your body uses fat. So you burn brown fat which in turn burns white fat, which is the fatty stuff that makes up this gut. Yeah. Um, it makes a big difference that way. But it, the, the anti-aging properties of cold water plunges are remarkable. Yeah. And if you're somebody like Mrs. Monty won't do it. She will not do it. If you're healing a broken bone or if you are, I Did mean, you it's... Know, but wouldn't that be, and maybe I have this wrong, but like for Mrs. Monty as an example, wouldn't that be like incredibly painful? To do it because you have, like, would that be, I, her, I don't know. The funny like, thing is, yeah. so my wife broke her arm snowboarding. She broke what's called the greater tuberosity, which is the outside of the upper arm. So get where, your facts Like right. where the shoulder meets the joint on the outside, there's a little dome there in your arm and it breaks. It's a common break. The break is not what hurts her. Her, her muscle atrophy is what hurts her. So for a while she yeah. had nerve issues. Now she's dealing with bicep tendonitis. Like, I don't know how that would feel. Yeah, but I know that it absolutely promotes healing reaction. I mean, that science is. There's so many studies. The reason this has taken off is because there have been a handful of studies that have come out that are like legit peer-reviewed studies about the impact of cold water plunging yeah. and cold water on your body, and it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Uh, let's see. Jacuzzi is making me relax. I love my hot tub. Yeah. Again, but that I absolutely all, that, love the it. hot tub also has, you know, good benefits. Yep. Josh the baller says, do you like Jordan two lows? Ah, they're all right. I'm, if I'm the getting mid. the Jordan two, yeah, the mid, dude. I, I'm getting the, I'm getting the full boat on the yeah. Jordan two, you know, uh, Ron Nolan says I was walking down the hotel hallway in Vegas. I swear in every other room, they were talking cold, sh taking cold showers. Oh, the screaming. That must have been what it was. Uh, Ken Williams says, okay, off to work before uh, before the snow hugs all. Have a good day, Ken. Good to see you, buddy. See you, buddy. Uh, Kay Nuren says, I use the Sam's Club freezer as my cold therapy. It's below 30. <laughs> a lot of people use those those freezers that you get, those like those, you put them in your garage. If you seal the interior of that and you fill it up with water and ice, you can use it as a cold tub. But, by the way, there's electricity <laughs> Ruff's there. official. He's back. Wow. <laughs> Ruff's official. Kind of average up, to man? see you. Not a word about Shannon Sharp starting a fight with the Grizzlies? What's to talk about? I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of been pretty covered. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, the dude, dude ran his mouth with Dylan Brooks. And then him and Team Morant dapped it up and everything was good. And that's that. Yeah. Does Buddy get preferential treatment because he's Shannon Sharp? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Does he get preferential treatment because he's got this all-world beautiful cardigan on? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Right? Like, so, I don't know. Like, yeah, I thought it was stupid. It definitely was not necessary. Whatever. 
But the, the reality is, dude's not going to get kicked out of crypto for that. Like, no. I mean, because he's Shannon Sharp. Because he's a season ticket holder on on the on the flipping sideline. Yeah, you're not getting kicked out for that. Yeah. Uh, Eric C says Ruffs is back. He's out here making sure justice is for all mankind. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Brosif says, first time here. Props to you guys. Intelligent, quick, and great NBA knowledge. I like uh, you guys mix it up with other topics. Cold showers. I've done a polar plunge twice. Good stuff. Well, hey, appreciate you being here. What's that? Have you only done two polar plunges or where are you at with the whole thing? Like what's kind of your, that's a tough thing for us. Like when you guys comment, like let us in a little more, let us know. Like, so like Brosif, have you only done two plunges or are you a regular plunger? Like what's your, what's your deal? How do you do it? Yeah, I would love to know that, Brosif. Uh, Tanner says, didn't you guys already talk about the Sharp situation in the chat? Yeah, by the way, you want to talk about the uh, the Shannon Sharp deal? You yep. should be a member of the exclusive uh, Instagram members-only group for the Monty Show. Yep. Talked about it on the Instagram chat, you know. Uh, Lewis says, see you, San Diego State. Have a great day. I'll Glenn, see you out for Glenn, be well. Yep, he is uh, helping the great folks at California. See you, buddy. Tanner says, didn't you guys already talk about that? We did. Lewis says Shannon pays too much money to get kicked out. He does. That's what I'm saying, dude. He ain't he getting does. kicked out, man. Jeremy Bolton says, can you imagine if a regular fan did that? That fan would have been banned for life. Well, no but doubt isn't about that the difference it. in no our world, No doubt though. about That's it. That's the difference in our world, right? He's not a casual. He's yep. Shannon Sharp. Money talks. Uh, Victor Rudolph Ferrer. Good to see you, Victor. I can do cold showers back in high school to wake myself up. Hot showers make me sleepy throughout the class, though. I'm telling yep. you. You'll never be, I, I, and I shouldn't say never. A cold shower in the morning will make you have a different day. Oh, yes, absolutely. Watch the Chris Hemsworth episode he did on Limitless. He does a whole thing about cold baths, et cetera. I lo- Hemsworth is really good on it. There's some YouTube tape of him there, too. Absolutely. Uh, Shannon did apologize this morning. Oh, he did. I, I didn't see oh, that. There you go. Uh, facts, Jake. Absolutely facts. Yeah. There you go. Facts, facts. All yeah. right. Uh, real quick, I want to get into the highest rated TV shows ever because this list pisses me off. <laughs> so in the chat, you guys, go ahead and put your, um, let's go. Jake Gordon said, hey, Monty and Jake, just about to start my hospital shift. Left a like. I'll catch you on Instagram chat later. Thanks, Jake. See appreciate you, you, man. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, go ahead and hit the like button. Appreciate that. So there is an IMDb list that's out of the the most the highest rated TV shows ever. Uh-huh. So what I want in the chat is go ahead and put your favorite TV show ever. What is your favorite TV show ever? And then let me tell you what IMDb says. So here are the top 10 shows. Number 10 The Sopranos at 9.2. So these are consumer sentiment. But with all due respect Number nine is Cosmos, a space-time odyssey with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Number eight is Avatar, the last airbender, which is a cartoon. (coughs) Blue Planet 2, which I've seen and it's wonderful, is seventh. Sixth is The Wire. Now, how many times have I told you about The Wire? Yeah. The Wire would be spectacular today if you've never seen The Wire. Number five, Chernobyl, unbelievable. Number four, Band of Brothers, yes. Yeah. I have the box series. Number three, Planet Earth, absolutely, 9.4. Number two, Breaking Bad. I haven't watched enough of it. I'm not a Breaking Bad guy. 
And number one is Planet Earth 2. Okay, how is Planet Earth making several appearances on this list? Because parents like it. Parents like it. And what IMDb did was they took consumer ratings. Uh-huh. And they decided it that way, which are the most popular shows. I see. So I'm just asking you. And, and again, I want to make sure everybody knows. The Planet Earth stuff is amazing. If you haven't watched it, if you have kids, watch it with them. And the ocean shows, amazing. Amazing. Watch yeah. it with them. What's your favorite TV show of all time? I have Dude. a couple. Sopranos is absolutely there. But I think my favorite TV show of all time is Chicago PD. I have every episode in my DVR. Yeah. And I, there's not an episode you can't that you can flip on that I'm like, nah, this this show sucks. Yeah, Chicago PD is definitely there. Um, you know, so I mean, we we went on a run in Phoenix where we watched like ev- like the entire episode book of The Sopranos. So yes, I'm a big fan of The Sopranos as well. Um, trying to think, you know, I I don't know from a comedic standpoint, I never really. When The Office was big, I never was into it. I think I was just a bit young for it, but I enjoy watching it now still. I mean, it's still funny as hell. Louis Capazzo says MASH. Okay. Okay. Um, Jeremy Bolton, a member, says got to be Breaking Bad or 24. 24 is awesome, dude. Yeah. Yes, I love 24. How's Law & Order not on this list? How's Law & Order on this list? There's too many. There's too many. Law & Order SVU is really good. Um... Joshua the Bala, our newest member, says Breaking Bad all day. Provo Cougar fan, you're lying if you say Gunsmoke. Mike Phillips says The Thick of It. Never heard of it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You're always making it sexy. Uh, Chase Stewart says Better Call Saul. Absolutely great show. Great show. Um, Lopes Fan Gabe says, I'm not, I know it's not for everyone, but definitely a Friday Night Lights guy. Oh, Friday Night uh, Lights yeah. is good. That's a good show. Good, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jaron Eccles says The Office, Breaking Bad. Yes, both spectacular. Louis Capazzo says MASH is the best ever. I've watched pretty much every episode of MASH. You know what's really funny? You were just saying about this list that they made this off of consumer ratings. Yes. Like, like most popular. IMDb compiled yeah. all of the consumer ratings. I'm so. curious how shows like a Grey's Anatomy are not on this list because of how they formulated the list. Or like, yeah. you know, like those type of big time 2000 shows you know like that surprises me a bit yeah i don't know i I, i'm not a Grey's anatomy guy i was by the way i was an extra on Grey's anatomy back in my acting days really uh yes i was an extra on Grey's anatomy um i'm trying to think of the other shows i was on um that william shatner lawyer show boston legal such a good show. I was on Boston. Oh my God. Legal. The, the, uh, oh, the West Wing. How's the West Wing not on? Oh, there, the West bro? Wing's the West a great Wing show. was so good. Yep. Um, I mean, there's a, I've been in a bunch of TV shows that nobody knows about. I can't remember the basketball movie with Adam Sandler. I don't know. I've been in a bunch. Um, let's see. Mike Phillips says Better Call Saul is up there for sure. Planet Earth. It's amazing. It is. Uh, it's not Bonanza. Tanner, stop it. Uh, stop it. Cobra Kai, which ended. No more Cobra Kai, by the way. Cobra Kai's done. Mr. E says Chicago Fire is also really good. Love the crossovers. Mr. E, did you see the main character on Chicago Fire is gone now? Um, I can't remember his name because I hate Chicago Fire. 
I'm a, I'm a Chicago PD guy. Uh, Taylor Kinney. Taylor Kinney is no longer on uh, Chicago Fire. Um, Kelly Severide is the character he plays. So Kelly Severide is gone. He had one of the best Chicago PD crossovers. Yeah. When his car was stolen and used in a hit and run. Um, so yeah, Kelly Severide no longer on Chicago Fire. Kane Nuren says, we wish your wife well and hope to see her soon on the show. Yeah, we're trying, bro. She's we busy. We're trying, man. She, and she hates the show. She doesn't, yeah. you know. Uh, she doesn't. She, we talk about it all the time. I would, o- I would only agree with Band of Brothers on that list as number two. MASH is my favorite show still to this day, followed by Star Trek. Am I the only Sopranos guy in the room? Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, if pe- I, I don't know how, like, are people sleeping on the Sopranos, man? Yep. Uh, Ron Nolan says Doctor Who. Ken Williams says Law and Order. Yeah. Um, Teddy Wayman, my guy. Game of Thrones Dude, and Peaky come Blinders. Come on through, brother. Come When's, on through. When is that Peaky Blinders movie coming out? And the answer Gotta is not good it. enough. Gotta see it. Not soon enough. Uh, Jaron Eccles says Yellowstone is an awesome show. Haven't watched that. Yellowstone yet. Yeah. Uh, Victor says my favorite now is 911. Salute to the, all the frontliners. People like 911. Ken Williams says I'm still listening. Good to have you here. Uh, Harriman City. Says, love me some Friday Night Lights. Coach and Tammy Taylor remind me of me and my wife so much. Love it. Josh the Baller says, uh, Stranger Things. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Oh, ER was amazing. Yep. Yes, sir. ER was really good. Tanner says, screw Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> uh, Lewis says, anyone watch Yellowstone? I've heard it's really good. Everybody watches Yellowstone except me and you, Lewis. Uh, Mitch Davis, Friday Night Lights is awesome. Love Coach and Tammy Taylor. There you go. Tanner Plummer, an extra on Grey's Anatomy. I need proof. Well, go back, check the credits, yo. Uh, Jordan Wheeler says, Jazzketball Podcast. What does that mean, I've bro? I've never heard of that. What does that mean? Never heard of it. Um, Lopes Van Gabe says, anything Aaron Sorkin touches is gold. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Uh, Tom says, you guys were are in sales. Do you ever cringe when you hear sales tricks phrases? Do you judge the pitch over the product when buying a product? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I still coach. I was talking to a guy on LinkedIn the other night about tips about, I haven't been at Yelp since August and I still get people like, hey, I heard you were a legend. So people like reach out to me and yes, I hate when you, please don't ever say the words, hey, I'm just checking in. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not just checking in. You're trying to c- close a deal, man. You know. Uh, Jaron Eccles says, House was an awesome medical show. House was good. CSI. CSI, mm, some of them. Kyler McIntosh says, Big Sky. What's up, Kyler? Hi, Kyler. Not really sure what that means. I don't know. Is that a show or? Or a conference. No, it's a show. Uh, Court McMullen says, MASH is fantastic. Started watching it with my dad when I was five after my parents divorced. Okay. It is good. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says Cobra Kai still has its sixth and final season to go. Is that right? How oh. many? How many of us? Before you get to that one, because I'm I'm with you on that one. How many of us are now catching all our shows via stream? Just out of curiosity. Nobody watches TV live, do you? Like I don't watch any of the Mrs. Monty and I love catching up on the Law and Orders. Uh, like, um, I don't remember what it is. Like the the new one with Elliot Stabler. Organized uh, crime. Organized crime, yeah. Really good. The new Law and Order, just the Law and Order with Cameron Mannheim, really good. Uh, SVU's fantastic. Like, 
I really like it. I, I but Chicago PD is still the the, the knees, dude. Yeah. Uh, Ryan P. Exactly right. True Detective Boom. season, but Boom. season one. Matthew McConaughey. The serial killer show, where they had the the detectives go and interview all the serial killers, was really good. Really, really good. Uh, brother says TV show is making me laugh, and I got top ten. I do like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Martin, George Lopez show, Modern Family, The Office. That 70s show, Broke Girl in South Park. I love South Park. Yeah. My wife was never a South Park fan, and I love South Park. I loved it. Um, Jordan Wheeler says, uh, love how the title is Utah Jazz, and the first hour they talked about the Cowboys. Okay, well, so what's your issue, man? Well, we talk like, about the Jazz like, all the time. It's a talk show. It's, we talk about different things. It's not a Utah Jazz show. If you want Utah Jazz, I think we did that to start the 7 o'clock hour. Yeah, we did. Basically, the entire 7 o'clock hour was jazz. Yeah. So my question is, in it, I don't know, this sticks in my craw a little bit. I love when guys do this. They come in, they're all pissy about something, and they don't have any... You're just going to complain, but you're not going to say like, yeah, hey, by the way, you spent the whole 7 o'clock hour talking about the jazz. Or, like, it's a sports talk show, man. Like, you came in... At nine o'clock, you can go back and find exactly where we talk jazz. So yeah, go to seven o'clock. It's fine. Yeah, like it's good. Mitch Davis says home improvement. I could watch any episode any day. Truth. And I saw Tim Allen at a gas station in Burbank once. That was fun. Uh, Lewis says I never watched The Sopranos. I don't pay for cable. Oh, it's amazing. You gotta go find it, bro. It's so good. Oh, it's amazing. So Garrett good. Mears says The Office is my favorite show. Tyler P says Yellowstone best show ever. Okay. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, fresh off the boat is tragically underrated. Hit the hit that 90s nostalgia button like no other show. Oh, man, you got to love those. You got to love those. You know. Uh, let's see. Tanner says, check the credits. Okay, what episode was it? I have no idea. I've It was filmed in 2008, I think. It was so many years ago. Uh, Joshua Moe says, while we're talking TV, you all need to check out the last... <laughs> The Last of Us on HBO. Everybody loves that show. That's another one. That's another one. Ryan P says Seinfeld. No, stop. Oh man. Why? Why are you gonna Ryan, start this why? this debate, bro? I think Seinfeld's one of the most overrated, clicky shows ever. If you, you're either <coughs> it's 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 Starbucks. You're either in or you're not. You either understand the language of a tall latte grande cappuccino frappa mocha chino latte, or you, or don't. you don't. And that's don't. the same thing with Seinfeld. I don't mind watching Seinfeld. It's just not the one of the greatest shows ever for me. Yeah. You know, Joshua the Baller says Netflix usually. Yeah. Tyler P says I stream everything. You know. Ron Nolan says extras are not credited. Is that right? No, that's unfortunate. You, uh, I was in a movie. The, the movie I was thinking was Don't Mess with the Zohan. I actually got, I was left on the cutting room floor. I was a reporter. I got to ask a question. The best part of being on that film was that I was in a scene where Mariah Carey comes out and sings the national anthem. And she was on this platform above all of us, not wearing underwear. <laughs> so we were not allowed to look up at the platform. <laughs> we were, like the instruction was, you are not allowed to look Miss Carey in the face or you are not allowed to look at her when she's up on the platform. Uh -huh. Hey, guys. That's what I remember about that. And Adam Sandler was 
Really cool. Uh, Mitch Davis says, sports is the only show anyone watches live anymore. Why waste your time on commercials? Truth. Truth. Tom Dexter was an amazing, yeah. was amazing for a few seasons. Yes. Full House. Truth. What about the airplane show? Lost. Lost was Lost, awesome. Yeah. Lost was awesome. You guys remember Lost? Is, am I the only one, by the way, that watches 60 Minutes still? I'm probably the only one. I'm probably the only one. You know. Uh, Louis Capazzo says, I get it. I didn't in until 8.30. I don't know what that means. Big Bang Theory was good. Raphael says, yes, it was. The Wire is one of my favorite TV series. Unfortunately, still relatable. Yes, it is. The Wire is amazing. The Wire. And there's a show called um, Homeland. Oh, yes. Oh, Homeland yes. on Showtime was amazing. House of Cards before Buddy went sideways in his, in his little off-the-field well, no. issues. Before it came out, the Kevin Spacey was allegedly a pedo yeah. you know yeah you know uh brother says come on monty you never watched that that like many times Sh shield field is the best show oh we all like oh we always like seinfeld are you acting george costanza imagine that no fence Okay. 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 Succession. You know. Oh, succession. Dude, yes. Yes. Billions. Yes. Billions. 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 Uh, Lewis says, I detest Lost. Each episode was just a 15 to 20 minute recap of the last show. I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. I don't, also don't disagree that the best injury attorneys in Utah are the advocates, theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online 24 7 at theadvocates.com. You never pay them. Up front, no consultation fees, no big retainers. They don't charge you anything. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case at theadvocates.com. And again, don't trust your insurance company when you get in a car accident. They're not working for you. You pay them every month mindlessly, and then they have thousands of attorneys to, to take as much money from you when you get in an accident. Why would you do that? Go to the advocates. They're going to fight for you. They're going to get you every penny that you deserve at theadvocates.com. Uh, all right, I guess that's it. I guess that's Monday's it. Monday's done already. Monday is done already. Monday's in the books. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. We'll have more on the jazz uh, trade rumors. And hey, man, you want to you wanna get into the members-only chat? Absolutely make sure that you guys hit the join button. Follow the link I just put in the comments. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's well worth it. More exclusive content, more inside information on the Yaz. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.